And we are And we are live How's everybody doing tonight? My name is Anthony Brian Logan And you're watching and or listening to ABL Live Thank y'all for joining me tonight You could be almost anywhere in the world But you're right here with me live on the show And I appreciate y'all for that we got a whole lot going on all over the internet, all over mainstream media, social media, everywhere, and I don't know where to start. First of all, they found the main mass shooter. He is deceased. They said he had an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound near the river, about 10 miles from the town where the shooting happened. We'll talk about that a little bit more a little bit later. Also, did you guys see the video of the Las Vegas thugs? Mad dogging the family of the man who they ran over for no reason. They, they ran over 64-year-old retired police chief Andreas Probst for no reason. And they were laughing at the family, flashing the middle finger. Just ridiculous stuff. We'll talk about that a little bit more a little bit later. Also, Jamal Bowman has been charged with pulling the fire alarm, but he has not gotten the charge that he should get. He should get the same charge the January 6th guys have, but he didn't get that. He got a slap on the wrist at best. We'll talk about that a little bit more a little bit later. Also, this doxing truck. Oh, man, like what in the world's going on? We got to talk about this doxing truck because stuff like this gets really tricky, really dangerous. Also, did you guys see the Alaska Airlines pilot, the off-duty pilot trying to bring the plane down? totally crazy we'll talk about all these things and a whole lot more on tonight's episode of abl live and thank y'all again for being here you guys are the best audience anywhere on these interwebs if you like what you're hearing so far if you enjoy the content in general please give the video a thumbs up like the video share the video do all that good stuff that'll help me out tremendously we have a lot to cover tonight. There's quite a few videos and topics and updates and everything that I've not covered so far in this week's videos that we're going to cover tonight live on the show. And I thank y'all again for being here. If you are listening to the video on YouTube, thank you, thank you, thank you. Give me the thumbs up. This is also going to be a podcast available on your favorite audio streaming platforms, whether that be Google Play, Spotify, Apple iTunes, etc. Link for that will be in the description or just go to your favorite audio streaming platform and search ABL Live. I should pop right on up. And before we get into today's topics, y'all know how I do. Shout out to the sponsors. Shout out to PatriotPost.us, your best source of news and information anywhere on these internets. Uh, their link will be in the description or just go to PatriotPost.us and search ABL Live. I should pop right on up. Also, shout out to ablmerch.com. We got the hats, t-shirts, stickers, hoodies, mugs, and more right there on the website. Again, ablmerch, A-B-L-M-E-R-C-H dot C-O-M. Check it on out. Links in the box. Also, go to my regular website, anthonyblogan.com. That is A-N-T-H-O-N-Y, the letter B-L-O-G-A-N.com. Go to the front page of the website. I write articles for each video that I produce. So whenever you want to find more details, full videos, links, sources, it'll all be right there on the front page of the website, anthonyblogan.com. Go to the contact page of the website, anthonyblogan.com forward slash contact. 
to find my email address, my snail mail address, my social media, my Twitter, not going to call it X, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff is right there on the website, anthonyblogan.com forward slash contact. And if you're ever wondering if you're conversing with me or not, just go to the contact page and double check. Okay, my email is contact at anthonyblogan.com. And if you can't remember that, just go to the website. It'll be right there. My email is not NigerianScammer007 at Hotmail.com. My email is not 5,800,000Lithuaniascammer at ProtonMail.com. It's not me. So please don't get scammed by someone pretending to be me scamming you in the comment section talking about if you text me on this sketchy 45-digit number with some random country code that's probably Nigeria saying, hey, if you send me 1.5 million Bitcoins, you'll get 1.51 million back. Don't do that. Don't nobody got time for that in 2023 to get scammed. That's not what we're here for. We're here to get good information and to enjoy some of the more humorous side of the content. So, again, don't get scammed. If you're ever wondering if it's me you're conversing with, uh, a clue would be I'm not going to email you about some get rich quick scam i'm never going to use whatsapp i'm not some african auntie i use my phone with regular text like a regular human being in america okay so i'm not going to be on whatsapp i'm not going to be on snapchat it's not me go to the contact page everything is right there and the only number you would ever get from me is right there in the box and that number only works during the show if you want to call that number when the show's not working, I'm it's, it's nobody's going to be home. So there's no point in doing it. You can do it if you want to, but there's no reason to do it because anybody's going to answer the phone. I won't even know what's ringing. But again, all my links to everything will be in the box. Check it on out right there. And we have quite a bit to get into. That's right. In, in the RN, ABL does not accept uh, iTunes gift cards. All right. If somebody's asking you to send uh, Apple iTunes gift cards on the Internet, call the feds because you're about to get scammed. OK, it's going to be some guy wearing a square hat over in Africa trying to get your money and you won't even know. You will think it's some um, uh, 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 <laughs> some some beauty queen or you think it's me or your favorite celebrity. Please, please, let's not get scammed. And the reason why I say that every single stream is because I still get emails sometimes from people that who say that they have been scammed. So let's not do that in 2023. All right. Now we got quite a bit to get into. There's a lot. We got a lot of videos, a lot of uh, updates of a little bit of everything going on. Now I don't know where to start really. I, I truly do not know where to start. There is a lot happening. Um, <laughs> wow. Now, one thing you might not have seen is that there was a hurricane. A hurricane hit Acapulco, Mexico, and kind of flattened the coastline. I'll show you guys that video right quick. Then we're going to get into a few more things. But you guys might not have seen that. So it's like, well, what's, what's really going on? All right. What is, what is really, really happening? Now, let me go ahead and actually I'm going to show that. And then I'm going to show a, a throwback. Well, not, not a throwback, 
but kind of a current video that is kind of a throwback. And when I play it, I'm going to explain what I mean. Oh, and by the way, um, we're starting to see dropouts in the presidential race. I think we all know that Trump's going to be the guy who wins the nomination. We know it's going to be him. All these debates and whatnot, it just seems pointless because I don't even think anybody that's running even has a chance to be Trump's vice president. Maybe they could be in the cabinet some kind of way, but I doubt it. I seriously doubt it. So I don't even understand the point of any of this. It seems like really needless, wasteful even. So your man, Mike Pence, Mike Pence has suspended his campaign and um, I guess he sees no path forward. Uh, let me just put it on the screen right quick. This is on AP. All right. He says Pence. Well, the website, not he. The website AP says Pence ends White House campaign after struggling to gain traction. Quote, this is not my time, unquote, he says. So there you have it. No more Mike Pence in the campaign. Now, truthfully, this could be anybody in the race. This could be anybody in the race. I think the candidates are locked. I think it's going to be Trump versus Joe Biden again. Now, the only way that Joe Biden doesn't run is if he just pretty much keels over before election day. That's pretty much it. And then if, if that happens, they're going to put in Gavin Newsom. That's who they want to take the crown. Now, what they might do with, um, with Joe Biden, in, in the minds of Democrats, they'll operate like this. They'll try to make Joe Biden win again. Um, they'll, they'll test their luck. And if he's able to win, which I doubt, after Joe Biden will be Gavin Newsom. The same thing that people said that um, your man should have done, uh, DeSantis, the same thing they said he should have done. They said that he should have waited until 2028. But the thing with DeSantis is that he's going to be term limited as a governor in Florida after this term. So he's going to have a period of time where he's doing nothing or he has to go run for a different office and then try to become president. So he had the right idea to strike while the iron was hot, but his campaign was so bad. It was like a failed rocket launch. It just didn't really go anywhere. And it's to the point where you got guys like Vivek, these random slit talkers overshadowing them. But ultimately it doesn't even matter because Trump has opted out of all the debate process and, uh, and shout out to Apu. Welcome back boss. Uh, Apu says no Hakeem Jeffries, Barack 2.0. Hakeem Jeffries is going to serve his purpose by being in the house and being, he's going to be the new Nancy Pelosi. That's his purpose. He's not going to try to become the president again. Um, the Democrats understand that you got to have these stately white guys to be in there as a president because Barack Obama um, was a great president for Democrats. But at the same time, he made a lot of mistakes and people, he, he kind of ruined it for other black presidents, at least on the Democratic side of things. So what they're going to do is bank on these Justin Trudeau type individuals. That's what Gavin Newsom is. Because I'm already seeing it on my timeline. You got these girls talking about he's so handsome. And women, unfortunately, not all, not all, not all, not all, but too many women will vote for him because they find him attractive. 
that's really it. This is the same reason why most presidents are going to be above six foot tall. I know that I may sound shallow saying that, but un understand, it's not me saying it. I'm not saying I find a guy attractive. I'm saying this is the mindset of people. And this is what Democrats, th this is what politicians understand. They understand that. They totally 100% get it. That's why they will run a Gavin Newsom versus some other random person in a Democratic Party to be the president. You got to be tall, handsome. You got to gain the, the, the soccer moms. You, you got to gain them because they vote too. Now, if that wasn't the case, you had to appeal to the men only, then it'd be some gruff kind of older dude, some kind of military general or something like that. That's just really what it is. All right. But anyway, so no Mike Pence, he has suspended his campaign and truthfully, they could all suspend their campaign because it's going to be Trump versus Biden or Trump versus Gavin Newsom. And that's it. Nobody else has a chance at all. All right. That's just what it is. All right. Now, we got a whole lot more to get into here. Let's keep on rocking and rolling. And I promise to throw back. Now, here's something. Now, this is W. George W. Bush throwing out the first pitch of the World Series. Now, where have we seen this before? I think I remember a few years back, maybe about 22 years back, after a certain national tragedy that hit America, you might have seen W. out there doing something like this. Maybe, I, can't, I can't really remember. If you guys remember, y'all let me know. Now, of course, this is going to be uh, Major League Baseball, they're going to try to give me a copyright, so I can't really play the sound and everything. But there, there's your man, there's W, throwing the first pitch of the World Series, uh, Major League Baseball. Now, W, of course, looks much older. He is 77. Now, understand, W was a president before some of you guys were born. Before some of you guys were born, W was in office because it was Slit Willie, 92 to 2000, and then W from 2000 to what, 08? So if you're like a very young person, 14 or something like that, he was president before you were born because it was W, then it was um, Barack, Barry, and then it was uh, Trump, and then Biden. So 77 years old, he became president in the year 2000, 23 years ago, he is younger than Joe Biden. <laughs> Joe, he is younger than Joe Biden's 80. Matter of fact, hold on. Let me see y'all old Joe Biden. Is he 80 or 81? He's 80. Joe Biden turns 81 next month. W is 77. So there we go. Texas Rangers. You know, he's walking up the steps. I'll tell you what, though. He looks better than Joe. They're, they're both up there in age, but he looks most certainly better than Joe. 01 to 09. Yeah, of course, about the inauguration. And then I understand what you mean. But the election was in November 2020, and then he got inaugurated in November 2000, and then he got inaugurated in 2001 in January, of course. All right. Now, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit because Major League Baseball, they're going to try to give me a strike. And, of course, it's on Twitter, so the video wants to act up. 
But you get the idea. He's out there throwing the first pitch of the World Series. Now, this is kind of reminiscent of, I think, 9-11. I'm pretty sure he was out there during that time because he was a president at that time. So, hey, that, that's, that's your man right there, George W. Bush, throwing the first pitch of the World Series. All righty. Now, we have this video from your man, Mike Johnson. Now, you you, you guys know Mike Johnson, um, Dem, not a Democrat, Republican from Louisiana, is now the Speaker of the House. And he came out of nowhere. I have no idea who this guy is, really, still. I know he's a House rep from Louisiana, but who is he, really? Never heard of him. I never heard of him before in a day in my life. I heard of Jim Jordan. I heard of, Stim, uh, of Steve Scalise. I've heard of Kevin McCarthy. I've heard of Byron Donalds. I've heard of these other guys who were in the running to become the speaker. I've heard of the former speaker, Kevin McCarthy, but I've never in my life heard of a Mike Johnson, Mike Jones, um, Michael Jordan, uh, be like Mike. Who is this? I have no idea. But this video, um, he is going to talk about a few things, some of his policy standpoints. And I want you to ask yourself after you watch this particular clip, is this guy better than Kevin McCarthy? And before I continue, I have been championing Kevin McCarthy this entire time because I'm like, look, the next speaker is going to be just like him or worse, because you have to understand you still got to be able to bring the GOP together and be bipartisan at times. You can't just do whatever you want to do or whatever it may appeal to a certain subsect of the Republican Party. You can't do it because you can't get anything done like that. Kevin McCarthy was that guy. Now, this guy, I don't really see as being any different than Kevin McCarthy. He might actually be worse. But again, let's go ahead and watch this. And you guys can decide for yourself. Don't allow for me to pollute your mind before you watch the video. Although it might have already happened. Let's check it out. Let's get some sound and some video. Putin to prevail in Ukraine because I don't believe it would stop. Let's, let's go back a little bit. Now, we can't allow Vladimir Putin to prevail in Ukraine because I don't believe it would stop there. And it would probably encourage and empower China to perhaps make a move on Taiwan. We have these concerns. Um, we're, we're not going to abandon them. We, we want to be cooperative. We need to work together on this. But we, we owe it to the people to know what the plan is, where the money is going to be spent. And we need some auditing for the dollars that we've already sent over there. These are not tough questions, right? One thing that House Republicans are resolved on is that we must stand with our most important ally in the Middle East, and that's Israel. Um, we will. I, we, we certainly hope that it doesn't come to boots on the ground. Uh, if, if it comes to that, and we communicated this to the White House staff as well today, that, um, you know, we have the Article I power in the legislative branch of government, and they have Article II. They have very limited authority on what they can do to respond without coming to Congress to seek consent. And even my Democrat colleagues, Sean, that are uh, at committees of jurisdiction understand this in the, the Foreign Affairs Committee. And you've had comments made by the leaders of Iran that they themselves may get involved in a conflict. If that happens, correct me if you think I'm wrong, I would, bet, I would say all bets are off in the Middle East. We could have a full-out war in the Middle East, Israel at the center of it, and at that point, if Israel's existence is put in jeopardy, I don't think Prime Minister Netanyahu, who I've known for almost 30 years, I don't think there's anything he won't do to preserve and protect his country from people that have committed their lives to destroy it. 
he has to do that. And around here, people throw around the phrase existential threat. They have an existential threat every day. I mean, their neighbors want to eliminate them and wipe them off the map. So Prime Minister Netanyahu is resolved. I've, I've spent time with him personally. I know him as well. Uh, so, so far what I'm hearing, I'm hearing about um, he wants to continue over there in, in Russia, Ukraine, he wants to continue that war. And then he's not necessarily against having the war in Israel as well. So, I mean, part of the reason why I voted for Trump is because he was against the foreign intervention. But what I'm hearing from my man right here is foreign intervention. Maybe you guys hear something different, but I think I hear what I hear. Let's keep on going. Uh, I, I think he's a strong leader at, at this important time, and I, I think he's going to do what is necessary. And, and the, America will back him up. I mean, they tell us when we're in Israel, and you've been there, and they, they say the reason that we are able to sustain ourselves and survive is because everyone knows that our big ally is America. We know that Iran is directly tied to all this. These are Hamas and Hezbollah are, are proxies of Iran. And they're tied in now with Russia and China. I mean, it is a new axis of evil. That's how we see it. And so it has to be addressed you say accordingly. If Israel, with all the funding of terror and all these terror organizations, are they within their right to fight back and go directly at Iran? Of course. That was the first, as you noted, the first act of my speakership is that we pass that resolution to, to articulate that and make it very clear where we stand. Yeah. The, the House is back in business and we're going to stand with Israel. There you have it. So that, that's your man, Mike Johnson, the new Speaker of the House. So what do you guys think? Do you think that he sounds better than Kevin McCarthy, the same, different, worse? You guys, let me know your opinion in the comments. I, I'd love to I love to hear where you're coming from. And again, that's straight from him. He's being interviewed. This is a new, this is a newer interview because you see the lower third right there. He is referenced as Speaker of the House. So this is new. This is not old, outdated. This is a new thing from him that he's saying. So what do you guys think about his stance on these things? Now, I tell you what, I'm not quite sure. Um, how different that is in Kevin McCarthy. I don't really see the difference. I don't, I don't really understand. I guess maybe it might come down to some things that happen internally. Like, I don't know, some of these promises. I think what was the main thing that was the issue with Kevin McCarthy uh, that Matt Gates said, oh, he broke his promise on single item bills or whatever other kind of nonsense. I mean, I guess we'll see what he does on stuff like that. But then when it comes to, I don't know, like a foreign war, and approving money to go fight that foreign war. He's not really going to be against it, I suppose. But hey, whatever. I guess it's okay because we got McCarthy out the way, right? But anyway, I digress. Let's keep on rocking and rolling. And if you like what you're hearing so far, please give the video a thumbs up, like the video, share the video, do all that good stuff. That'll help me out tremendously. Now, we have um, some great protests here. Some great protests in public. Now, I'm going to show you a great protest in public, and then I'm going to show you the wrong way to protest that's not necessarily the same way. So, look, check it out. Here, you have Hillary Clinton giving the speech somewhere. Um, Sheila Jackson Lee is running for mayor. Um, is that the same Sheila Jackson? Hold on. Let me just make sure I'm saying, yeah. So Sheila Jackson, the, the, the lady that was on the um the video cursing her staffer out, she's running for mayor, probably Houston, Dallas, wherever her um district is, and Hillary Clinton is out there stumping for her, right? 
Now, this is a public venue, public figure. She's speaking. There's an audience. And my man, um, and I think my man's name is Seth Rosen. Shout out to him. He does a lot of good work. He does like, oh, not that Seth Rosen, uh, Alex Rosen. Alex Rosen does a lot of good work catching these predators that want to prey on children. He does a lot of good work. You guys, please follow Alex Rosen at I, the letter I, Fight for Kids on Twitter. Again, Alex Rosen, I, Fight for Kids at Twitter. What it normally does is these things where he catches child predators. And they're fantastic. I love his work. Now, here he is protesting against Hillary Clinton at her event for Sheila Jackson Lee. Check it out. Then you want somebody who's going to get up every day. Hey, Hillary, why's your husband visiting Epstein Island 26 times? So you see him right there in the middle with the, with the blue hat, the white shirt, the um, gray shorts. And now, for you guys that can't see the video, Alex is on the ground. He might have just sat on the ground or fallen, but he's on the ground. And now he's being surrounded by security and whatnot, trying to drag him out. Let's check it out. Is this really necessary? Is this really necessary, guys? Is this really necessary? So, Alex is now being drugged out. And Alex is a big boy. <laughs> that's a big boy. He's got to weigh at least 250, 300 pounds. And, you know, that's like, and he's like kind of like dense. You, you, ever, you ever try to fight somebody that's like short and stocky? Like try fighting that got us like five, six, and 230 pounds with a neck that's like the size of a, a pickup truck tire. Okay, you got an F-150 tire for, you, know, you got an you F-350 tire for a neck. You're five foot six, 200 and something, 245 pounds. That's pretty much what he looks like. He's probably taller than that, but he's a big boy. And he's being drugged out by a shirt. And you see that he's got the thumbs up. It's all good. That's how you protest right there. Is this really necessary, sir? Hey, is this necessary, officer? You guys are dragging a grown man out. Is this necessary? Seriously, come on. Hey, is this necessary, guys? Yeah, I, I figured I figured he was pretty tall. I saw some of the videos where he does the where he catches the child predators. He looked pretty tall. But the way he's built makes it look like he's that kind of, you know what I mean? And if, if he's tall and built like that, man, that's like fighting Tyson Fury, man. That that is it's just like impossible. It's a big, it's a big boy. You don't hear me, man. You guys are dragging somebody out in public. You're not welcome. Private event. You decide so why do you guys support like just endless government spending? I mean, she's given more money to white people in Ukraine than you freaking idiots in Houston keep voting for Endless money to Ukraine, endless money for Israel. She's not anti-establishment. You guys work for the same shit over and over again. Same crime. It's gonna be like just like Chicago. You guys love this shit. All right, you have a blessed day, sir. <laughs> have a nice day. All righty, so there we go. Shout out to my main man, Alex Rosen at. 
I fight for kids on Twitter. You guys, please follow him and support his efforts. He does the Lord's work. Seriously. Like this right here, this is a good protest. But what he does, aside from this, is he catches child predators. So shout out to him. Okay. He's like the new, um, what, what's, your, what's your man name? Chris Hansen. He's like that. But like for real. One video I saw, they confronted the guy in his house. And the guy began to cut his cut his arm with a with a knife. It was like, whoa, 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 hold on. And they, they, they saved him to make sure he didn't die or anything like that. So it didn't get too bad. But yeah, shout out to Alex Rosen. That right there is how you protest. Okay. Make your voice heard. Don't get violent. Don't get crazy. Now, here's something else. Um, there's also a protest against some of these. Um, not not a protest. It's like Kind of hard to explain. Let me just show you. I'm going to just show you what's going on with the doxing truck. Now, this is ridiculous. So, there was a letter that um, some students at Harvard signed that blamed Israel for the Hamas attack. It was like 34 students. Now, as a result of the dox truck, nine of the students took their name off the letter. Now, what the truck was doing at first, it had um, a, a sign that says something about, oh, Harvard's leading anti-Semites on the back of the truck. Matter of fact, let me just show you. So we can just, um, okay, not TRT world. We don't need um, <laughs> this random. Okay, not that either. I want to see an actual news clip because... I got to really let's let's do news nation speaking of college campuses. Here we go. Those 34 Harvard University student groups. Well, they signed that letter this weekend blaming Israel for all the violence. Yeah, they blamed Israel, not. They don't have the guts to actually stand behind their words. It's shocking. I know today some are now claiming harassment. Okay, so check it out. You see the you see the truck, right? It has. Um, the, the, the top graphic, it says Harvard's leading anti-Semites and what it was doing, it would have the students first and last name really big on the side of the truck and the truck is like, maybe like a, like a pickup truck with a big box on the back, like, like a box truck, basically like something like, like a U-Haul essentially. And then Harvard's leading anti-Semites and some kind of uh, Gothic script Underneath that, it would have in big bold letters, the person's first and last name and their picture. And it was driving through Harvard so everybody could see, hey, this person signed that letter. Now, this truck will also go to the person's home and park out in front. Now, to me, that's called harassment because, look, and I said it a million times in the video and people didn't like it. I guess I was repeating myself too much. But I had to drive the point home. Do whatever you want. You can confront me in public the way my man Alex Rosen did at the Hillary Clinton speech. You could do something like that. We can have a conversation. You could talk to me. But don't come to my house because now you're opening a whole different world. A whole different world. I take my safety very seriously. If any one of you guys is parked outside of my house with something like that about me, see, now we're getting into something else. It's not just as simple as freedom of speech. Now you are in my personal space. You shouldn't be here. I didn't invite you to my house on my property too. No, 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 no. But let's keep on going. 
The conservative media group Accuracy in Media started driving billboards around campus revealing who they claim signed on to the letter. I'm not sure why we blurred the pictures. Over the weekend... You blurred the pictures because it's harassment and you guys don't want to be liable. You guys not trying to get sued again, News Nation. Or was that Newsmax? You guys, look, your legal team knows better than you do. And I know what your legal team knows. You see how that works? They wrote, we, the undersigned student organizations, hold the Israeli regime entirely responsible for all the unfolding violence. The apartheid regime is only one to blame. But they don't like their pictures being shown that they signed that letter. A handful of CEOs took note and asked for names of those in the organizations. They didn't want people who supported terrorists working for them. But now the CEOs are somehow harassing the kids. This is a tweet from a Harvard Law student, Mahani Tangri. She says, I'm a Harvard Law student, congratulations. So I know many members had no say in whether their organization signed either letter. Many weren't even notified that their organizations were considering doing this. No need for this level of harassment. We asked Moni to come on, she refused. We would have asked if any of her friends had perhaps wanted to speak out and say, I'm going to resign from this group, but she didn't want to come. So that's one take. Of course, they're going to be, this is like a conservative type station. Of course, they're going to be on the side of anybody that is um, criticized. Like they're going to be on the side of anybody that does anything to retaliate against those who speak ill of Israel at all. That's what they're going to do. That's their job. But see, and, and driving through the campus is one thing, but then they went to the kids' houses and parked out front. That would see that right there crossed the line. That was an issue. Now, let me show you what happened. And in my video, I caught what was going to happen. In my video, I said, look, I have been swatted before. You guys who have been here for a while, you guys may have actually been on the stream where I got swatted. This was some years ago. Um, I'm going to tell you what happened with me first, and then I'm going to get into the rest of it. And I don't want you to think that I have my personal bias because I got swatted. It's not even about that. It's about I know how human beings are. Just like what I was saying earlier about um, Gavin Newsom's going to run because he's tall and handsome and a lot of women like it. I'm not saying that I'm shallow and I think he's handsome. I'm not saying all women are just so dumb. They're going to vote that way. I'm saying this is human behavior and people know human behavior and it's easy to predict what's going to happen because, you know, that's just how humans are. Now, um, going back to it, I said that this was going to be leading to swatting and get into my incident. So a few years back, I'm at my old house and I'm streaming just like I'm doing right now. And I'm hearing some commotion outside. And I'm thinking, and before I continue, before I give you my dachshund story, um, RIP to Matthew Perry. Matthew Perry, I'm seeing it right now. He just died from friends. Um, they said it was an apparent drowning. So RIP to him, 54 years old. Um, that's breaking news happening right now. All right. So I see you guys in the chat. We're talking about it. What was his name? Was it was it Chandler? I, I never watched Friends, to be totally honest with you, so I'm not familiar with the show. I know who he is. I've seen his face before. So RIP to him, 54 years old. He passed away after an apparent drowning. 
Now, I don't know anything beyond that. I don't know all the details, but that's what I have right now. All right. Was it in a jacuzzi? Let me just go check it out right quick, and then I may get right back to the doxing story. And if you like what you're hearing so far, please give the video a thumbs up. Like the video, share the video, do all that good stuff. That'll help me out tremendously. I got docs and swatted, but let me get back to that in a moment. So it was in a drowning. Uh, law enforcement sources tell us the actor was found Saturday at an L.A. area home. We're told he appears to have drowned. Other, our sources say first responders rushed over on a call for cardiac arrest. It's unclear where exactly on the grounds this happened. Our sources say he was found in a jacuzzi at the home. And we're told there were no drugs found at the scene. We're also told there is no foul play involved. So it, anything could have happened. He was on Friends um, and a lot of other uh, shows. Growing Pains, Charles in Charge, Scrubs, Element Bill, West Wing, and a few more. Fools Russian, he was in that with Sama Hayek. Very interesting. But yeah, that's what's happening. So RIP to him. But let's keep on rocking and rolling here. So to get back to what I was saying, I got doxxed and swatted. Well, the doxing, and when people say, you know, if there's information publicly, that's not necessarily swatting. I mean, doxing. Well, in my case, I didn't even know my info was out there. So my information was out there, my phone number, my address. I had no idea it was out there, but people were able to find it. And what happened when I was on the stream live one time, I get a phone call. Like right when the stream started, I get a phone call. It was like one ring. I pick up. Nobody's answering. That was weird. As I'm streaming after the phone call, probably about a few minutes later. I'm not really sure how long it was after the phone call I got right when the stream started. I'm hearing some commotion outside and it was my neighbors. At the time I'm on this house, like a small hill. So it was on this small hill was three houses. My house is right in the center. It was a house in front of me and a house in the back of me. I'm hearing a commotion at the front house. Now the front house, sometimes they may have had some domestic issues. So I figured it was just more of that. I was like, okay, whatever they're going through, I heard the police. I'm thinking that they got called for something that they did. It's like, oh, somebody getting arrested. And I said that on the stream. Now, at the time, I was with my my ex-wife, and she was there downstairs while I'm upstairs streaming. She comes upstairs, knocks on my door, and she's like, hey, they're at the back. So I already knew what it was. The police are at the back. So I kind of, like, shut my stuff down, but I'm still, I'm still streaming. I go to the back and open the door. You got the officers drawn down. It's like six to eight cops out back, guns, we got to get on the ground. And the way it was, it was like a small deck out the back door. And we get on the ground, and they go through the house, they search, and then they come back very apologetic. They are very professional, by the way. And the, the leading officer of that particular raid, you know, he um gave me his number, kept in contact, really good dude. They were all very professional. They're very apologetic. They said that they got a call that there was a 13-year-old bleeding and tied up in my house and all kind of crazy stuff. So that is called being swatted. Now, there are some cases where swatting goes terribly wrong. 
one guy in a separate incident, not in my incident, but in a separate incident, I'm not quite sure when it was or where it was, but one guy got deleted by the police. It, it was a mistake. Something went wrong. He actually got shot and killed. Now I said the K word, they're going to be in here moderating. That's why I say delete it. But anyway, he was actually taken away by the police. So that can happen when you get swatted. Now the precursor to, um, now I was not in the hood. I was in, I was not. And at the time I was not in Virginia. I was not every day. I was in, um, in Chattanooga, but in my other house and it wasn't the hood. It was just kind of a regular area. But anyway, um, so that happened. Um, they didn't really know who did it because it was an anonymous call. Maybe they do, but they didn't tell me. But before that, it was my information got out there. My name was my name. I, I, don't, I don't have a fake name, so everybody knows my name. But my address got out there. My phone number got out there. And somebody had a reason to do something like that to me. Now, when you dox people, the next step is to swat them. In the example of the, um, the, the truck, if the truck is parked outside of somebody's house and it has this really provocative header talking about uh, Harvard's leading anti-Semite, Columbia's leading anti-Semite, UPenn's leading anti-Semite, it has your name, it has your picture, that's going to inspire people to go deeper into your background. And as a result of the trucks, there were a bunch of websites that popped up that had more info, um, childhood pictures, their parents' name, their form place of employment, maybe even the address, phone number, or whatever. You see what I'm saying? They had all that kind of stuff on these websites. And then some people, out of the people that see it right there on the street, out of the millions that see it online, it might be one or two people to say, you know what? I don't like anti-Semites. I don't like what they did. Rather than just doing the truck thing outside their house, let's go inside their house. And that's when the swatting comes in. It would be some person in random Podunkville, USA, that sees that online, figures out where they live because they got doxxed. Then they're going to call the police and say, hey, he's doing X, Y, Z in the house. Go get him. Now they get swatted. And then somebody might get popped behind that. And then you got to ask yourself, was the harassment campaign worth it? But see, people who have not been swatted before or doxxed don't understand that necessarily. They may not, they can't really bridge the connection. And I was saying that my video is going to lead to swatting. Now, the guy behind the company that has the trucks, whose idea it was to bring the trucks out there and harass these college students, got swatted himself. He got swatted, and I made the video making the prediction that somebody would get swatted and on that same day, like I made the video at about 12 noon, one o'clock that day. And I had it scheduled for later on, I believe at five o'clock before my video came out, the guy already been swatted. Now I didn't do that. I don't believe in doxing or swatting. I don't care what you say. I'm not going to call the police on you and make a false claim. I'm not going to go to your house and harass you because of what you Think because of what you sign because of your freedom of speech. I'm not going to harass you like that because that kind of harassment can get dangerous when you go to somebody's house. Now, let's look at the guy that got swatted. This is the CEO of the company behind the doxing trucks. 
All right. So um, his name is Adam Gillette. I'm not doxing his name because this guy has a company and he has been doing interviews and everything else going on television, telling you who he is. So here is a swatting. All right. And there's no sound here. But apparently they had the the um the code to his door. That's pretty interesting. I wonder how that works. All right. Now, I'm not quite sure if he was home or what was going on. I think his wife might have been home or something. But see, that's what happens. All right. Now, anything could have been called. Somebody, it could have been an anonymous call that says, hey, go to this guy's house. He has uh, 14 kids in the basement tied up. It's a false claim. But see, exactly what I said would happen, happened. Exactly what I said. I said it that day. And that day it happened. Now, I don't think it's okay for him to be swatted. But you see, this is the kind of energy you bring to yourself when you do things like parking the truck outside of somebody's house because you think they're an anti-Semite. And at a time like this, where there's a lot of tension and whatnot and violence around that particular term, you do something like that, you're going to bring really, really bad energy towards you. So... I'm not some kind of sage. This is just very easy to predict because I understand. I understand how humans are. I understand. This is really easy to see. So yeah, luckily nobody got hurt in that situation, but sometimes people do get hurt. They really do. Now I'm, I'm reading some of the comments. Kelly K says those students out of themselves to ABL, they publicly put out the info, but see, that's one thing. It's one thing to, Sign a name on a letter. That should be enough, right? If it's enough, if you say they outed themselves, then it should be enough just to sign a letter and that's it. When you go to that next level of going to the going to their home to harass him, you cross on the line. That's when you bring other kind of energy that can get very dangerous. Because somebody might say, because people that can't really see beyond just one action, they say, whoa, it was just outside the house ABL. They didn't go in there and harass anybody. See, you don't understand humans. You don't understand psychology. That action of going outside the house introduces a new level of, um, it, it, it kind of escalates things. If somebody signs a letter and you see them publicly, you could talk to them right there. But then when you make a spectacle of it, it goes viral. The whole world sees it. You're bringing all types of eyes and ears to the conversation and you're going to, introduce nefarious figures that don't wish the person any kind of good. They think they're anti-Semite. They think they deserve to get swatted. And then it happens because now they have their address. They have their name. They have the phone number. Possibly they have their picture. They got all they need. They got family background because of these websites that popped up. It's simple. This was a warning in my opinion for the guy to not do the swatting uh, the department, the doxing anymore because it leads to swatting. Exactly, Valor, it's escalation. It's escalation. You know, it's one thing to do the, the letter, but when you escalate it to go into their house, see, now we're in a whole different world, and now things like this happen. Things like this happen. People say that I was, that I shouldn't compare the doxing to swatting, but here we are. That same day I made the video, this happens. So, 
it is what it is. Uh, Taylor says, if someone's outside my property, they're going to need an ambulance. Say, man, I didn't, I didn't say it. I'm just reading it. Now it wasn't breaking and entering because that was, that was a police. They can go into, they can go into your home if they have probable cause. If somebody says that there is, um, 14, uh, kids tied up in your basement, bleeding to death, they can go inside your house. Yep. They got probable cause. Um, or in some cases, it could be a search warrant, depending upon what it is. They can't go in your home. All right. Absolutely. Uh, let me see. Daydreamer says it was a rabbi in Detroit who got stabbed at their home this week. Did you hear about the, the ABL cover it? I mean, it's a lot of stories I didn't cover. I didn't, I didn't cover the Palestinian boy who got stabbed by his neighbor because he was Palestinian. So, I mean, <laughs> did, did I cover that? I didn't cover every murder that happened in America. Why should I cover that one story about the rabbi that got stabbed and not cover the Palestinian boy who got stabbed to death by his neighbor? I can't cover everything. I mean, come on. It's only, it's only so many, it's only so much time in the day. But anyway, if you like what you're hearing so far, please give the video a thumbs up, like the video, share the video, do all that good stuff. That'll help me out tremendously. Yeah, exactly. Love you lots. Doxing Chuck on campus. Okay. Doxing Chuck at the house. Not okay. Right. Now, the, the truck on a campus, that, that led to the truck at the house. But it should have stopped right there on the campus. Because that's provocative right there. That's very provocative. But then going to the house is the ultimate provocation. Because now you're giving the address away. Because, and then somebody can see that. They could take note. Okay, they live right here. That's their name. All right, boom. Now we got doc. Now we got swatting. That's how it works. That is how it works. All right. So uh, one one thing about it, you just got to make you got to do things that make sense and that won't jeopardize your safety. But I digress. Let's keep on going here. We got a lot of more. We got a lot more to get into. Um, shout out to Jamal Bowman. Now Jamal Bowman is finally been charged with something over the whole uh, fire alarm kerfuffle, although he should have already been locked up behind this because understand this. What he did was disrupt an official proceeding. Even a New York Times article that I read in my video, they, they owned up to it. They said that they were trying to stall the Democrats are trying to stall to buy more time before the spending bill vote. And as a result of the fire alarm being pulled, Jamal Bowman bought them another hour. They had to evacuate the cannon building and that whole process made them delay the vote by an hour. So they did have to delay the proceedings. He did disrupt an official proceeding which is a felony. You got January 6th guys locked up. You got January 6th guys locked up for that same crime. So somebody might say, well, it's not really a big deal, ABO. Just pull the fire alarm. Look, the law is a law. And if you're going to have some people get punished for breaking the law, let's have all of us get the same punishment, not just a certain tier of justice. And I was reading the comments. Some said it's because, oh, well, you know, he's black, all this and that and the third man. Don't nobody, that's not even really relevant. 
the color thing, once you get to politics, is irrelevant because if you are white like Hunter Biden, you can smoke crack, bring drugs to the White House, allegedly. You can get money from Ukraine, 10 for the big guy, same thing for Joe Biden. If you are in politics and you have a certain level, a certain clearance, a certain party besides your name, you could do whatever you want. The corruption in D.C. is unreal and it's not color-based. Once you get down to regular normies like you and I, then sometimes the color comes into it. But the politics is really about relationships and sometimes it's not even a left or a right thing because if everybody's on the same page about a certain issue, then it doesn't really matter. You could do whatever you want to do. You can go to foreign countries and kill people and it's fine. Okay, you can drone strike leaders, regime change. Barack Obama could do it. George W. can do it. Slick Willie can do it. Joe Biden can do it. It doesn't really matter about color at that particular point. You know, it's all about who, who are you with? Who's your connection? Are you in politics? Do you have enough clout? Do you have enough power? That's what it's about. The whole color thing is kind of bogus at that, at that particular level. And then, of course, Jamal Bowman, a Democrat, that's their guy. Uh, they're not going to let this guy go to jail for something like that. Now, if Jamal Bowman did something against the establishment, if he pulled Donald Trump and was trying to be a, a trying to govern beyond the swamp, beyond what they tell him to do, then all of a sudden, any little thing he does becomes criminal, just like what Trump's dealing with. Okay, Trump's getting indicted for the most ticky-tack nonsense that even the regular normie wouldn't get indicted for. Because why? Because he can't be controlled. He can't tell him what to do. He's going to do what he does. So now he's fighting battles in court over the dumbest stuff. Hush money to Stormy Daniels, accounting errors, just stupid stuff. Dumb stuff that should not be charged at all. That should not be charged at all. Things that you would not wouldn't get charged with. He's getting charged with. But anyway, um, let's check this out. Yeah, they, they were trying to ex- they were trying to expel Marjorie Taylor Green. Yeah, it don't really matter. The color don't matter. It's it's like, are you down with the team or not? Nah? That's really what it is. Now let's get down to this here. So I showed you guys the the picture. Matter of fact, hold on. Let me show you guys the picture of the actual location first to see what's going on. And the thing about Jamal Bowman. So we're watching the. Pardon me. The thing about Jamal Bowman that was the craziest is that he was a middle school principal before he became a politician. So as a middle school principal, you should know more than anyone that you cannot pull a fire alarm. You know what happens when you pull a fire alarm. You know that the fire alarm does not pop the door open like a one of them hidden bookcases. You know, this, this ain't no speakeasy in New York City, sir. You can't just push this button and then the door flies open. That's not how it works. All right. So his story from the beginning was BS. Remember this story. Oh, well, normally I go through this door and today because it was the weekend it was a Saturday I could not go through the door so I thought if I put the fire alarm on the wall that it will open the door I can go out the door and go vote it was total nonsense because number one you were a middle school principal you already knew what a fire alarm does and what it is you've done fire drills you know what 
You know how this whole thing goes. You know what happens when you pull a fire alarm. You know this. It was literally your job, part of your job description to know that. So it's impossible for you to not know. A fire alarm in Washington, D.C. in a cannon building near the Capitol is not going to be different than the fire alarm in the Bronx, PS 1000, whatever school you went to, okay? It's not going to be any different. But beyond that, another exit was like a minute from this one. So you did not have to go right here. And as I was saying in my video, there's two layers of warnings. You have this sign on the independent stand in front of the door that you can't miss. It's right in the center so you can't miss it. You, you, you will see that once you approach it. It says emergency exit only. You know what it says right there. And then these signs right here that are actually on the door itself. So right where you will put your hand to open the door, you're going to see it. And there's two of them. So if you open either door, you have to see it. They made it to where it's impossible to not see the signs. And what did the signs say? Emergency exit only, push into alarm sounds, three seconds. And then it says door will unlock in 30 seconds. So he saw that. Now, again, his explanation was, I was just trying to get to point A to point B. I didn't know that it would do it. But watch this. Now, Johnston, thank you for your comment. Johnston says, OMG, of all the big issues going on and still going on about the fire alarm, well, look, the fire alarm matters because what he did was a felony. He should be in prison because the January 6th guys are in prison for it. If not for the January 6th guys being in prison for years, years, if not for them being in prison for years, it wouldn't be a big deal. But what I'm doing right now, Johnson, is highlighting the hypocrisy, highlighting the two-tier justice system. If you are a regular person and you go to the Capitol and you're allowed to just walk in to this public building and you are charged with um, an official proceeding disruption, you get prison time. Without even being convicted, you're going to be in jail in a federal facility because that's D.C. Everything's federal. You're going to be in the federal facility for years. But Jamal Bowman does it and it's a slap on the wrist. He did get charged, but only for pulling the fire alarm, not for the actual crime that he did. And he lied. And here's something else. Remember, all we had when the, the whole thing popped was him doing this. All we had was that still frame, right? That's all we had. But magically, right when the charges against him are announced, we get the full video. How does that work? How do you have a freeze frame from a video for a month and only the freeze frame and on the day that the charges are dropped, the entire video comes out? How convenient is that? Now, let's look at it right here. Yeah, and the charge, hold on, I'm going to get to the charge in a minute, but you see, he does not try to open the door. He goes past the sign and then takes the other signs that were on the door off. He has one in his hand, and he's carrying it, and then the other sign he just knocks to the ground. He pulls a fire alarm, just walks away. He pulls it, and look, 
if his story about, oh, I thought the fire alarm or opened the door, I didn't know it would go off, why would you just pull it like that and walk away? If you thought that it would open the door, you would stay there and wait for the door to open. He pulled it, walked away, knocked the signs off. He's a liar, a liar, and he committed a felony. The reason why he did that was to delay the vote. That is a felony. And if not for the fact you got guys in jail, guys in prison for that, then it wouldn't be a problem. But you or I, we do that. We're going to the penitentiary. January 6th, guys. Okay, and then what he got charged with, what he ultimately got charged with was a misdemeanor, pulling a fire alarm by local police. And um, if he does two things, the charge will be expunged from his record, not just dropped, but expunged. So it won't even appear on his record at all. So two things within three months, he's got to pay a thousand dollar fine and issue a formal apology. That's it. If he does that within three months, then it all goes away. That's it. So pay a thousand bucks. You good money. Now Jamal Bowman is down with the squad they got plenty of campaign money. You can ask Ilhan Omar, the brother lover, for her some of her money that she's given to her husband, the consultant, Tim Minette. What I read, like 70% of her campaign finances were going to Tim Minette, the consultant. So, Ilhan, remember Ilhan Omar? I'm going to just touch on that whole story briefly, then I'm going to keep on moving. So, Ilhan Omar, just to illustrate how money is no object to the squad, Ilhan Omar was married to a few guys. <laughs> it's been it's been a few people. All right. Now, wait a minute. Look at this right here. I Googled Ilhan Omar husband. This is this is hilarious. Look at this. Google is crazy. Well, not crazy. Google is a little bit based sometimes. Now look at this. I Googled Ilhan Omar husband, and they have an accurate representation. So, they have Ahmed Noor Saeed Elmi. That is her brother. She was legally married to this guy because he wanted to get U.S. citizenship, allegedly. But she was married to him. That is her brother. Because, you know, the story about Ilhan Omar, she came from, what was that, Somalia? And her family was rescued, basically, by a Christian group. And they were split up. Some were sent to UK. Some went to the US. Like she came from an actual refugee camp in Somalia. So half of the family went to US. Half went to UK. And her brother wanted to come to the US. So she got married to him for citizenship, allegedly. Then she was married to her actual husband that she got kids with and the whole family with. That she has like adult children with. I met Hersey. They were married in a um in a non official way in a in a Muslim marriage in a religious marriage, so that's her husband there that she was actually married to. Then comes the white man that the white guy that she says is so dangerous, Tim Minette. Now Tim Minette was a consultant, and when she got married to him, the allegation was that seventy percent of her campaign money was funneled through. Tim Minette's consulting company. Now, of course, if you're giving your husband that much money, it'd come right back to you. 
So she has her money that she makes from being a U.S. house rep. Then she has her campaign money that she's funneling through her husband. Now, normally, you're not supposed to spend your campaign money on yourself. But, hey, if I'm giving the consultant some money to work on my campaign, there's no problem. But really, he's not doing anything other than just following the money and giving it right back to her. So that's how that works. All right. And that's how a lot of DC operates. Um, everybody does that. I won't say everybody, but a lot of, a lot of DC does that. We see what's going on with Joe Biden, 10 for the big guy, which is a whole different story. Uh, who else? Maxine Waters does that with her daughter. Her daughter does like a lot of her graphic design and stuff like that. And the big chunk of her campaign money goes to her. You know, DC is so corrupt. This is why the federal government, I hate. I, I, I really don't like the federal government at all. I'm all for a smaller government because they could do whatever they want to do. They break all kinds of rules. They're like above, they, they can like walk on water basically. But if you like what you're hearing so far, please give the video a thumbs up, like the video, share the video, do all that good stuff. That'll help me out tremendously. Now we have some more here. I may do a video on this tomorrow, perhaps. This is more about Chicago and their complaints about the migrant crisis. Now, I've covered this story about Chicago and all the migrants coming there. Also, I've covered New York. Um, L.A. is getting hit, obviously. Atlanta is getting hit. You know, I was in Atlanta recently, and I saw them. I saw them in their place, and they were cooking some kind of food. I don't know what kind of food they were cooking, but this food was pungent. It, it didn't smell bad, but it was just a little bit too much. It was like, what's going on here? But anyway, now going back to Chicago, I've covered the black community complaining about the migrant crisis. Now we have the Asians complaining about the migrant crisis. Let's check it out and hold on the screen right quick. Us, nobody told us. We have more than few thousand people who signed a signature here who said no. We said no. Tensions escalate on the southwest side as the city gets closer to housing at least 2,000 migrants at a base camp in Brighton Park. Thanks for joining us tonight. I'm Scott Schneider. And I'm Don Hasbrook. That encampment is slated for a vacant lot at 38th in California, but a meeting tonight grew heated when residents divided on the plan. Casey Cronus is live from Kelly High School with the latest. Casey. Hey, Don and Scott. Well, residents say they only found out about the plan when they saw construction crews working at the site. Tonight, they were calling for transparency, but it's something many of them feel they didn't get when the meeting reached capacity and they weren't allowed in. We could even hear the pounding on the doors from inside. A line down the block shows just how much residents wanted in on the conversation. But a full auditorium meant the crowd stuck outside, never got a seat at the table. So everybody's not feeling it. You got the, you got the blacks, the whites, the Asians, everybody. Everybody's not really feeling it. Exactly, Joker. Did they vote for Johnson? Let's take a look at the statistics right here. So shout out to End Wokeness on the Twitters. All right, shout out to End Wokeness. Um, it says Asian American residents of Brighton Park. Chicago are furious about illegal migrants coming to their neighborhood. 87% of this area voted for Biden in 2020. 87%. So I'm not quite sure about voting for Brandon Johnson versus the other guy, the Democrat. 
But I mean, we're not talking about a bunch of conservatives here. We're not talking about a bunch of conservative voters. So it's pretty clear to see that, hey, you, you get what you vote for at the end of the day. <laughs> okay. If your governor, your mayor, your everybody, your president, you all vote Democrat, you're going to get this. Your president is keeping the border wide open. Kamala Harris is the border czar. She's not doing anything. Your mayor is excusing the migrants. Your governor excusing the migrants. So what are you going to get? It is what it is. All right. So shout out to the Asians out there in Brighton Park. I mean, hey, you do what you got to do. You know, hey, that's, 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 I hope that people who are experiencing this problem with the migrants vote differently next time because it's not going to get any better. It's not going to actually change. It's this, this, this is what it's going to be. You keep on voting the same way, you're going to get the same results. It's not really hard to understand. All right. Now, I have a video here of a man talking about this whole issue with the draft. Have you guys heard about the effort to get women to become drafted? So you guys know about selective service. Um, I think it's still the same way. I'm pretty sure it is that when, when males turn what 17, 18, they got to sign this little card for selective service. If the U S needs to reinstate the draft, you would get drafted. Now, the way that I think about it right now, it doesn't really matter if you become transgender, you can't escape it. <laughs> if you're a male, you're born, um, X, Y, you can get drafted. It doesn't matter if you decide to become uh, transgender. You want to talk about, oh, I'm a woman now. Oh, okay, cool. You're a woman now. But guess what? You still are going to go fight in this battle for Ukraine, Israel, Taiwan, whatever it is. All right. So here's your rifle. Now go out there and get them, bucko. That's kind of what's going on. Now there's a push to equalize things from some people for some reason to have women also get drafted. Now, I don't want anybody to get drafted, all right? But I definitely don't want the women to get drafted. That's just ridiculous. What are we doing? What exactly are we doing? So we're going to sacrifice our sons and daughters. How are we going to have anybody in the country left? It's ridiculous, but let's let's check it out here. Let's check it out. I've not seen this, so there could be some cussing. I'm not really sure, but this is my very first time watching it. Shout out to Ian Mousechong for uh, posting it. Let me get this right. You want to pass a law to draft my daughter to send to another one of your foreign fucking wars for something you created so your arms manufacturers can make more money for your banker friends. Did I get that fucking solid right or not? I'm sorry for the cussing, but I knew my man was not going to hold back. So y'all got a part in me. Shout out to my man for the video here. And great polo shirt, sir. Now, wrong elephant breath. My daughter will not be joining the military any way, shape, or form unless it's to fight this fucking war that this government has started against its people. See how simple that is? The very fact that you don't understand the societal fucking rules about women and children, let me school you a little bit. Now, the fact of the matter is you can't make your fucking recruitment numbers because your recruiters told so many lies like, oh, yes, you get the condo on the beach when you join up. Oh, you get to start here, but we're going to switch you to what you really want later and the biggest boner up the ass 
the VA will take care of you if you got hurt. Hey, the reason you can't meet the recruitment goals is because these young men have already voted with their fucking feet. They're not going to fucking fight. And the fact that you think you're going to get the women to fight, let me put it to you this way. It was one thing when you oppressed us with unbelievable fucking taxes. One thing, because we were living in nice homes and still eating pretty good. It's another thing when you spied on us to the degree that you did and made us realize that we don't have any freedom. It's another thing when you not only wrecked the fucking economy, but you fucking did it in such a way where you spent so much fucking money that went to special interest groups that the people never had a chance to benefit from it. And now when you have people that are homeless eating canned goods out of the back of their fucking car, you know what? They may do that for themselves, but they're not, their kids are not going to go through that Motherfucker, you're going to find out what people will do for their fucking children. You protect women and children because it's a societal norm. It has nothing to do with being sexist or unequal in any way. The fact is, you should always protect people that are weak of themselves and always stand up for the right fucking thing. And the right fucking thing here is, if my daughter is going to be in a war, she's not going to have to go to a fucking foreign country to fight it. Fuck your taxes. Fuck your withholding. Fuck your... Fuck your IRS. Fuck you. Fuck your corrupt Congress. Fuck. I'm sorry for this. Fuck your entire election process. You know, I could go on forever, but let's face it. The world's not going to live that long before a fucking meteor solves a problem for us. So fuck you. And if anybody doesn't like what I'm saying, you know what you can do. If you do like what I'm saying, give me a hell yeah in the comments, because our women aren't going to fight a fucking war for some corrupt fucking government. Well, there you have it. You know, I, I probably use a few, a few fewer F words, but the point got across. The point most certainly got across. Now, hey, I'm with him. And again, I'm not for any kind of war, period, point blank. But definitely not sending the women to fight. That's ridiculous. And, you know, the, what he said about the, the recruitments and the lies, that was right on point because, I mean, I saw a statistic and I was trying to find it again. But I saw a statistic that said that seven out of 10 um, military recruits are overweight, obese, that can't pass a physical test. I mean, it's bad. And then that's not even that's not even counting. That's not even counting those that want to be, uh, you know, transgender. They want to they want to join the military because they want a free sex change or whatever the case may be. We ain't even talking about that part. That's a whole different story right there so it's it's crazy out here but yeah he was right on point he was right on point with it so shout out to him for keeping it all the way real all right but if you like what you're hearing so far please give the video uh, a thumbs up like the video share the video do all that good stuff that'll help me out tremendously are there any recruiting videos that i can show i've not really seen any um let me see if i can find Oh, well, uh, you're talking about some of the military recruiting videos. I don't have any off the, the top here, but um, yeah, some of the, the foreign recruiting videos are are, are great. <laughs> the, the foreign ones are great, but the U.S. ones, I don't know. Yeah, but you're talking about like even uh, Russia, China, psh, they're on it. Uh, but uh. The U.S. is, I don't know, man. They're talking about LGBT and everything else. It's a, it's a whole big mess. Now, here's a random one. I've not seen it before. Let's watch it and see if it's any good. It could be good. It could be bad. We're going to just check it out. This is from the Army page. 
the official, I think it says, uh, go Army. Verify it. Let's check it out. Okay, do we have music here? Like, what's going on? Am I, I going to get a copyright claim? What's going on? Okay, it's not too bad. It's kind of it's kind of basic, kind of kind of kind of plain, not really action packed like that. Okay, um, now let's go Ukraine and see what they got going on. All right, let's let's check it out. Hold on, let's see if I can find. Matter of fact, nah, this this, this is a really good one from Russia. Let's let's check out the Russia one. Now, of course, I cannot read the Russian language. And, you know, this really alphabet. I have no idea what's being said here. But I, I, I can see kind of what's happening. It's like you have people that are just in regular, everyday jobs envisioning themselves in the military. Like, this guy's like a security guard in a grocery store. But then he's like, okay, now I'm in the battlefield. And then this guy is at a gym spotting somebody. But then he's like, okay, I could be out there actually being a soldier. So it makes sense. I can I can I see where they where they were going with it. He's got a taxi driver. All men, no women. Yeah, that one was much better. But, you know, if you do that in America, that's racist because there's no women, there's no um, apparent LGBT, there's no people of color. That'd be racist in America. But that was a very good ad. Very, very good. All right. But, yeah, shout out to these ads um, in America. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where we're going to go from here because I, I think that we need to kind of go back the other direction. We get into, into the wokeness and to the softness. That's not going to be good for recruitment. And then on top of that, you got so much nonsense happening in the military. A lot of you guys tell me about what's going on. Every day I get emails about what's happening in the service. A lot of guys are retiring. Same thing with uh, police. Guys are retiring. They get, they're just tired of what's happening. They don't, they don't like what's going on in, um, in public service, in, in public safety. Pardon me.
All right, let's keep on going. We got a lot more to cover. Um, let's talk about Robert Card. So they found Robert Card. Now, Robert Card, this is the guy that did the mass shooting in Maine. Um, they found him, and they said his body was near a river um, about 10 miles from Lewiston where the shooting took place. Well, the shootings. I think he was at two different places, a sports bar and a bowling alley. Now, let me put it on the screen right quick. So here we go. That's, that's your guy right there, Robert Card, 40 years old, Army Reserve veteran. Um, apparently, he was a firearms instructor. And they said this rifle was a sniper rifle. That's what they say. Um, the, 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 the media would say AR-15 because a black rifle is an AR-15 to the media. Any, any kind of gun is an is a AR-15 to them. Like, they don't even really care. Matter of fact, hold on. Before I even get into Robert Carr and that whole situation, which is always the same case. It's always the same thing. Um, the He was known to authorities. He was on the radar. He had mental problems, hearing voices, probably was on medication. It's always the same story every single time. Every time. It's never any different. It's never just a person that does not have mental problems, that's, that's not on medication. That's not, it's always like this every single time. Now you might just have regular ghetto violence, but that ain't the same thing as going inside of a, a Walmart and shooting it up. That's not, that's not the same thing. Things like this is always the same MO, but before we get into it, um, the media are ridiculous. Hold on. I'm trying to find a video that kind of correlated, but I ain't going to be able to find it. I'm, I'm way too, it's way too obscure. So I'm going to keep on moving. So Robert Card, 40 years old, apparently, so they, they found him dead, of course, if I didn't say that already, by a river. And they say he had a self-inflicted gunshot wound, which is pretty much what, you, what happens when they, when they do stuff, when they do things like this, they take, they take their own lives. Um... They say it was a suicide note that he left. He left, he left the password to his phone. So he planned to go out. Um, he had documents that he left and the password to his phone and all kind of stuff. And I think there was a divorce happening. And this is kind of a thing that happens a lot with guys when they go through a divorce and they got kids involved. They like it's, it's a lot of things happening at once. I'm not quite sure about his situation. I'm going to get into that in a minute. But when guys got kids and there's a, it's, it's a divorce happening and they might have prior mental problems, it, it causes a break. Like it's too much happening at once. Now I'm not saying that wife caused it. I'm just saying you got this pre-existing mental condition. You're hearing voices in your head and your voices is telling you to do things. The voices are saying bad things about you. So your own mind is speaking to you and telling you bad things about yourself. Your mind is telling you that others are saying bad things about you. You're a firearms instructor. You are a 20 something year reserve veteran and you got a divorce happening. It's all bad. And by the way, the guy who allegedly deleted the um, divorce judge, he got found same way, um, took his own life. 
Same thing. Same situation. Um, let's see if I can find that right quick. And if you like what you're hearing so far, please give the video a thumbs up. Like the video, share the video, do all that good stuff. But yeah, same situation. Um, let me see. It was at Maryland Judge. Yeah. Live from W. So Pedro Argoat, that was a guy that allegedly um shot the judge. And to go to kind of go back a little bit, I know I'm kind of hopping around, but in the case of the Maryland judge who was shot and deleted. And pardon me for saying delete it, but you understand where I'm at. I'm on YouTube. I can't say the K word. Then they want to come in here and start moderating and start trying to police. But anyway, um, the judge had just ruled in favor of his estranged wife awarding her custody of the kids. See, that right there was a, was a break. Now, I'm not saying that it's his fault, the judge or the ex-wife. I'm just saying that was a break. That's what caused the next chain of events. But again, it's nobody's fault other than the guy who pulled the trigger. So be clear. I'm not trying to blame anybody but him. WJZ, this is breaking news. We are following two breaking news stories as we come on the air at four. One manhunt is underway in Maine after at least 18 people are killed in a mass shooting there. So they, they found him already. It's, it's crazy how I was talking about Robert Carr and then I switched to Pedro Argoat. And then this particular news clip had both of them right there. That's crazy. At the same time, another manhunt is now over after a seven-day search for the man investigators say killed a Maryland Circuit Court judge. We're also following the investigation into a deadly fire last week in northwest Baltimore. All right. So, Stefan, I know a press conference just wrapped up. What did you learn by listening? My man, what are you wearing? Before we even get to it. What are you wearing? A flight jacket with a with a, a cashmere sweater? What's going on with your hair? Like, since when do we not have any kind of professionalism on air? If if I if I see you on camera, I want you to be professional. This is like you about to go to the club, not to be on television, sir. This this is not really it. Denise and Vic, good evening to you. Uh, the Washington County Sheriff said that they found the body of Pedro Orgate about a mile northwest from where they found his car. Now, uh, it is Thursday, and it's, as you mentioned, it's been a week to the day. Uh, but he also says this community should breathe a little easier tonight now that this manhunt is now over. Now, we mentioned this timeline here. It was just a week ago that this judge handed down this um, divorce settlement uh, between Orgate and his wife, and also also denied him custody of his children. Now, uh, when all this happened, uh, it was just mere hours after the judge Andrew Wilkerson handed down that judgment that uh, Pedro Orgate shot and killed him in the driveway of his own home. Now, um, in this sense, uh, that manhunt, it included several law enforcement ag agencies that ended around 11, 11 o'clock this morning. And uh, again, his uh, body is now on its way to Baltimore to the medical examiner's office. They didn't give us a lot of details about if he took his own life, how he was killed, how he was found as he, uh, as they he did, he did, you know, you already know what it is. You know, he went and snapped and, you know, shot the judge, the judge is deceased. And then he's like, okay, my life is over. I'm about to go to jail. I don't have my kids. All right. Now I'm going to pop myself. That's usually how these kind of things play out. Unfortunately, so, yeah, that's what happened. They got him. He 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 did. He took his own life. And then the other guy, um, Robert Card, 
was known to authorities, was hearing voices, and took his own life as well after he went on the rampage. And then there was also, um, they were talking about his girlfriend that left him. So he had, I believe, an ex-wife, then a girlfriend, and then it was all kind of like crashing down around him. Let me see if I can find information about that because there is um, a lot to Robert Card. Let's look at what's happening right here. All right, we got a, we got a news story. System both on a superior and district level, and we could not find any records for Robert Card here in the Granite State. However, we did find some information about Card in Maine. Now, court documents show the only criminal record for Card in Maine was an arrest in April of 2007 for operating under the influence. Card pleaded guilty to that charge. The other records pertaining to Card in Maine in the Maine court system only pertain to a 2007 divorce. We know Card was married two years prior. He shares a son with his ex-wife. Their divorce order was amended in 2013 to include shared parental rights and responsibilities of their child. Now, according to ABC News, investigators found a note at Card's home yesterday that was addressed to his son. Sources describe it as a suicide note that contained rantings as well as personal information like bank account details. Law enforcement officials also say that Card's family is cooperating with authorities as this search continues. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. So the divorce happened but a long time ago, but the divorce, apparently the, the whole thing was kind of ongoing because the divorce happened in 07 and they had a child at that point. But then the divorce ruling was amended in 2013 to include shared custody. So obviously there was a lot of stress with that. Now, I'm not sure how old the boy was at the time of this situation. Let, let, let's say let's say the boy was born in 05. Let's just say that. So 05 to 23, what, 18? Right around that, 17, 18? He'd be pretty up there in age, I suppose. But that's what's going on. They found Robert Carr. He had a prior divorce. I think the most recent case was with a, a recent girlfriend. And that's why they were talking about, well, it could have been domestic at first. That's, that's what could have sparked it. But I'm not really sure about that. Um, they said that he might have been he might have gone to a place where his ex-girlfriend could have been or where she may have worked. I mean, psh, yeah. That's that's a great question, Frank. Did he leave an LGBT festo? Um, they were saying some things were in the letter that they don't want to let out. Now, I don't know if the letter was just a suicide or, or a self-deletion note or if it wasn't manifesto, they don't want to use the, the M word anymore because when they say manifesto, we want to see it, which I think we should be able to see it because these manifestos often have pertinent information that we might want to know. So we can identify patterns in other people that the family said that he had been having problems for a while, like this past year or the past few months. We're hearing voices and outbursts and things of this nature. They said he was in a mental hospital in the summertime for two weeks. And I'm not sure what the conditions of his release were. What I think happened as far as the mental hospital, they probably had him there for a while, inpatient, and they just discharged him. 
hey, uh, car, here's a bag of pills. Take your bag of pills and go back to your house. And if you keep hearing voices, well, hey, hopefully the pills work. If they don't, well, oh, well. And then what happens? A couple months later, he goes on a shooting rampage. That's usually how it works. Now, to keep on going down that whole path of the mental health and the pills and all that kind of stuff, the Alaska Airlines pilot, my man, talk about nightmares. So the pilot was off-duty. Um, the pilot was off-duty, and I guess he was going home. This was an Alaska Airlines flight from Everett, Washington to San Francisco. He was in a jump seat behind the pilots. So you got the pilot in the cockpit. Like they were they were all in the cockpit. Three pilots. The two pilots flying the plane where where he's supposed to be at the controls. Then there was a jump seat behind the pilots, but inside the cockpit where the other pilot was sitting, getting the ride back home, presumably, to San Francisco. Well, this guy decided to just start snapping and tried to crash the plane by pulling these levers. I guess the levers were to, to shut the plane's engines. And if he would have done that, the plane would have turned into a glider and it could have been a problem. It could have really, it could have been a really big problem, but luckily they were able to physically restrain him to where that whole process didn't happen. But man, look, okay, whatever you're going through, I understand, but check it out. Don't bring that nonsense over here. Whatever you're going through, leave that over there. I don't want to deal with your your personal issues. And the same thing, uh, mental problems, but not not like a history of it. See, what happened with this guy, he took shrooms. And see, this is part of the reason why I talk about drugs being the problem, not because I think your precious weed, if you like to smoke weed, is so bad. It's not even about that. It's about when you start to normalize drugs, People are going to try drugs that should not be trying them. You're going to increase drug use, drug dependency, and you're going to normalize the, you're going to normalize intoxication to people just randomly out there in the street. And when you're dealing with shrooms, you might have a bad trip and you don't want to be a pilot or I don't know, something else police officer you don't want to be in an important position that has people's lives in your hands while you're on these drugs he tried shrooms for the very first time might have had a bad trip hadn't slept in 40 hours and just snapped just snapped now let's find that video right quick and you know it, it started with weed it started with weed because that was a that was a as I said in my video, that was a taboo drug. It was right there in that sweet spot of, uh, it's not really a big deal, but it's not quite legal either. If a cop pulls you over, you have a joint in your car, you probably won't have a problem. But if you get pulled over with a pound of weed in your back seat, that might be an issue. Or if you're like trying to cross the border, trafficking weed, that might be a problem. That's where weed was for a very long time. Now, that it's become mainstream, it's become legal in many parts of the country, it's not even a big deal. So it's no big deal to just go outside your house and smell weed in the air. It's no big deal now. So now that weed is no longer in the taboo space, the next drug has got to get put right there. So shrooms. 
now we're seeing the same push to legalize shrooms as there was to legalize weed. So now you're going to have regular normies that don't do drugs at all trying stuff like this. And they might be an airline pilot and they might try to crash the plane on the bad trip. So then what's next? Okay. That the future, as I said in my video, the future of the country is what's happening in Los Angeles, San Francisco, where all drugs are just out there and you got zombies walking around just doing whatever they want to do. Cracked out, heroin out, just doing whatever. And the, and the society that is on drugs is easy to control. Don't even worry about uh, media brainwashing. All they got to do is just let you get high on fentanyl. They can do whatever they want to you. They can do whatever they want to you. It, it's crazy. And, you know, I was watching a documentary a while back about Iran. And Iran is talking about how the U.S. is waging war on them without really striking inside of Iran. And they say a big part of what they do is they flood Iran with drugs because part of what the Taliban and these groups do is destroy the opium fields because they understand what the drugs do to people. When you got a lot of drug addicts in a place like Iran or any other kind of like not necessarily first world place, it ruins the country even more than what it is because you got to have all hands on deck to be able to get this country from where they are up to a certain level. If you get crippling sanctions, you don't have a lot of money, you're trying to shoestring things together, the last thing you need is a drug-addicted populace. But anyway, let's um, check this video out from Inside Edition. Shocker from the air. What they are describing here is an attempted hijacking of this airplane. An off-duty pilot allegedly attempted to shut down the engines in mid-flight. We've got the uh, guy that tried to shut the engines down uh, out of the cockpit. Alaska Airlines Flight 2059 took off from Everett, Washington, heading for San Francisco. But soon after takeoff, crisis erupted. And off-duty... And you know what? They, they were kind of burying the lead. The lead, in my opinion, in this story is the, is the fact that he was on shrooms and probably had a bad trip. Just like, just like your, your friend Janet Yellen went to China and was bowing all crazy, acting the fool, because she had some shrooms too, allegedly. Talking about some, oh, I went to a restaurant and they were not psychedelic. Oh, okay, cool, cool. So you were just bowing out of your mind for no reason in China. See what I'm talking about? You got like actual people in the government. You're talking about the Treasury Secretary tripping on shrooms in China on an official trip. I mean, you can't make it up, but let's continue. Duty pilot was sitting in the cockpit, positioned in the jump seat. It's a routine privilege given to pilots so they can commute home. All of a sudden... So you see where he was sitting? Like, okay, here's a cockpit right here. This is like looking at the cockpit from the windshield, I suppose. You got the two seats where the pilots would sit, and then right there is the other seat where... The, the third person can sit as a ride, as, as a courtesy for a ride home. All of a sudden, he reportedly lunged at the controls and tried to shut off the engines. The plane diverted to Portland for an emergency landing. He doesn't sound like he's causing any issue in the back right now. I, I think he's the dude. We want law enforcement as soon as we get on the ground and park. The worst case scenario is an inside job. 
and this was an inside job. It's very hard to stop it. The controls that he tried to lunge at are above the jump seat, in fact. So that off-duty pilot had better access to those controls than the pilot and co-pilot? Absolutely. The off-duty pilot was identified as 44-year-old Joseph David Emerson. He was charged with 83 counts of attempted murder, one for every person on board the flight. According to Alaska Airlines, the captain and first officer quickly responded. Engine power was not lost, and the crew secured the aircraft without incident. So, yeah. Now, I'm not quite sure if they mentioned that he had been on shrooms because that was the that that was the main thing. All right. That that was most certainly the main thing that was a problem that he was on them drugs. And um, matter of fact, hold on. Let me see if I can find it right quick. Oh, here's here's a here's an article. Let me just show you the headline here. All right, this this'll work just fine. And if you like what you're hearing so far, please give the video a thumbs up. Like the video, share the video, do all that good stuff. So check it out. Off-duty Alaska Airlines pilot said he took magic mushrooms 48 hours before allegedly trying to shut down plane engines. Veteran pilot Joseph Emerson, 44, was charged with more than 80 counts of attempt deletion after authorities say he tried to cut the plane's engines during the flight. So there he is right there looking off sad. All right. Can we get some sound or not? Nah? Or maybe not. Believe that defendant has committed one of the offenses that is categorically subject to arrest. For nearly 30 seconds before they've been depressed for six years. Uh oh. Recent in 40 hours. The okay, so let's, let's, let's listen to this. Here's, here's more about the background, what was going on. Let's watch. Calmly walk to the rear of the plane where he. Uh, Shinobi says, love you, ABL, but you're showing a fair bit of ignorance about drugs, shrooms. Don't last 15 hours, let alone 48 hours. I'm not saying he was high on shrooms when it happened. I'm saying that obviously there was some kind of effect because if you have a spotless record, no problems, everything's all right, then all of a sudden you take shrooms and then like you decide to try to crash the airplane. Is, is there no connection? <laughs> is there no connection? I mean, come on, man. Like, let's not ignore that. Let's not act like that had nothing to do with it. That That's kind of silly. He allegedly told a flight attendant, you need to cuff me right now or it's going to be bad. Once she handcuffed him, he allegedly said, I messed everything up and tried to kill everybody. Claimed he was having a nervous breakdown and had not slept in 40 hours. The affidavit says Emerson denied taking any medication, but told police he'd been depressed for six years, recently lost a friend and had taken psychedelic mushrooms 48 hours prior to the flight. So, I mean, all those right there, all that's going to play into it. Okay, you've been depressed for a long time. Mental problems right there. Loss of friend, that's going to aggravate the mental problems. And then you took some drugs by a couple days before the flight. So all those things are going to go into it. Now, he lost a friend recently, but the friend was not lost that day where he did that. Maybe a month ago or so, two weeks ago. He'd been depressed for a long time, so the depression didn't just start right when he did the whole thing with the plane. So all of these things may not have happened right at that moment when he did what he did, but they all led up to it. It's all linked together. 
Psychiatrists say sleep deprivation combined with possible substance use and mental health issues can make someone feel detached. When you add sleep deprivation for a long period of time with substance abuse, we are really going to see chances of break with reality, delusions, hallucinations. Exactly. You're not sleeping. You took some shrooms for some random reason. You're dealing with depression, mental issues. All that combined together, you got a bad recipe for it. You got a bad thing going on and all of that potentially going up and potentially even self-harm or or harm to others the faa's required pilot exams do not include in-depth mental health evaluations if you're seeing a mental health professional you have to report that um and the doctor in his discussions with you will do a an evaluation of of how that's what's going on you know people People love their drugs, and that's going to be the downfall of our nation because every single time a thing like this happens, whether it be this guy trying to crash a plane with a, a whole plane full of 80 people on board, whether it be the guy that um, did the shooting in Maine, is mental health and drugs always, 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 always involved. Yet, and still people say, hey, man, the drugs didn't do it, but it's always the same thing. And at a certain point, we can't, we can't ignore the pattern. There's always mental health. Uh, it's always problems with mental health in this country, but there's not always a mass shooting. There's not always someone trying to crash a plane. Those things don't always happen, but when they do happen, you already know what the story is. Mental health, drugs, always. So I'm saying people could do drugs, I guess, but why is it every time you might get 20 people deleted at one time, Somebody was on drugs when they did it with the with a, a prior mental health problem. But if you like what you're hearing so far, please give the video a thumbs up, like the video, share the video, do all that good stuff. That'll help me out tremendously. Now, I got probably a few more videos here. Then I'm going to get to the calls in a minute. Oh, um, I probably don't have time for the Vegas situation, but I want to show you guys the Hillary Clinton heckling. This was great. Shout out to this young man. Hey, you are a brave soul. Cause I know, hey, the, the, the Clintons, they don't really play around. <laughs> we, we know how the Clintons operate. You, you must have run to get deleted for real, messing with the Clintons. They have, they are notorious for putting hands and feet on people, allegedly, when they get crossed. Now, let's check it out. This is at um, University is that, is that Columbia University? She's giving a talk, and a young man in the crowd is pressing her about Joe Biden's speech. Matter of fact, hold on. Now, Joe Biden, let me see if I can find that right quick. Um, Joe Biden gave a speech from the White House, and he was talking about giving funding to Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan. It's like, well, what are we doing? Are we trying to fight the whole world? Look, when you are trying to fund all these different places, all these hotspots, you got a problem. Taiwan, South China Sea, that could be World War III right there. Israel, also a World War III spot. Ukraine, same thing. Are we trying to have nuclear holocaust? What's going on? When Trump was the president, this was not going on. We did not have all these wars and rumors of wars and all this stuff going on. But then magically... When they bring the so-called adults back in the room, we get war back on the table. 
I think what's happening is that all these wars are a way to fix the economy because the economy, I don't really see it getting better anytime soon just by natural means. They keep bringing the interest rates up and up and up and up. Inflation is just skyrocketing. Try buying a new car, try buying a house, try buying anything. And it, and it just had the, the UAW strike over with um, Ford came to an agreement. Um, they were, when I say that, I mean UAW, you, they, they, they were trying to get a raise of 40%, speaking about UAW, 40% wage raise over the four-and-a-half-year contract. Ford, Stellantis, Chrysler, and GM were like, how about 20? Right around that. So the deal that Ford settled on is about 25 to 33%. It can reach 33 if a bunch of factors come into play, cost of living, adjustment, et cetera. So your Ford F-150, your brand new Ford F-150, that might have cost 55000 on the low end, which is still high, is going to cost that much more. And it's not going to stop. It's going to keep going up and up and up. So I think maybe the war is the way to fix all that. You know, we got an issue with the economy. It's not getting any better. We don't have much production, no innovation. So let's just start a war at war and make money that way. Maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm right, I can't tell. But maybe if you defeat a nation, you don't owe them money. I, I don't know how that really works. <laughs> our, our debt is so high, what, like 30-something trillion dollars? Our debt is so high, and we're not going to ever pay it. We're barely able to pay the interest, let alone the actual principal. Not to mention all the unfunded liability, all, all the unfunded entitlements, pardon me, social security, things of that nature, which have been looted a long time ago. But anyway, so the young man was confronting Hillary about Joe Biden's speech, talking about he wants to fund all these wars, Taiwan, Israel, Ukraine. It's like, what are we doing here? Are we trying to go back to a time where we just fought everybody where we were just drone strike leaders, regime change. Are we trying to be that again? Check it out. By the hypocrisy I'm sorry, we've got of the two more people I, I to hear from. I'm sorry. You, you have a the, chance. Well, the, I'm not sorry. The, the hip, you sit down. I, I know you're not sorry. People, That's the point. The hypocrisy of the speech. The I'm hypocrisy turn of the now fact that Frank what, what do you have? Can you please? Can you, is can you please a make a statement about President Joe Biden's speech? This is a clearly warmongering speech. President Joe Biden is calling for $100 billion of funding for Israel, Taiwan, and Ukraine. And we're supposed to just bundle these together and pretend like we're going to rush to World War III and we're all just going to let Hillary Rodham Clinton sit here. And, okay. I'm yes. sorry. You know, yes. this is not, what, what, this is not no, the way no, to have no, a conversation. I'm sorry. If you want my, to have my, a conversation, you're no, welcome to come you, talk to you me can, afterwards. You can sit here. Okay, right. You're yeah, gonna, you're gonna, yeah. you're gonna wait for me, right? I, please, I, I don't. Wait for I do you, not believe you. I will you. listen to you, and I, do, I will respond to you. I do you. not believe you. But Respectfully, right. I do not believe you. Well, and the fact just, of the matter is that the just, American people's voice are what need to be heard. Yeah, because, they are being because heard. Because our president is not speaking for the American people, and well, neither are you. Well, that's your opinion. That's your opinion. Yes, that's my but, opinion. But well, then sit down. We've heard your opinion. Thank you very much. Now we're going to turn to people who are I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop working on behalf of human rights. I'm going to exercise my free speech. But it's not free speech when you are disrupting everybody else's opportunity. 
My man is very brave because if you understand the, the history with the Clintons, anybody that it's like it's like dealing with the wire. If you ever seen the wire where Marlo, the drug dealer, would delete you just for talking back. That's what that's the reputation that the Clintons have, you know, and from going all the way back to Arkansas when he was a governor to the president until after that is the reputation. They get down like that. So my man was very brave to get up there, show his face, and confront her live. It is free speech. This is free speech, everyone. This is free speech. That is not free speech. This is people constructing narratives that are openly hypocritical. I'm sorry. You, the, the incredible hypocrisy. You know, maybe you could actually... Went with Eleanor Roosevelt to bring this Declaration of the Rights of Man. John Foster Dulles was involved with the CIA. Oh, yeah. Well, you're brilliant in your oh, historical yes. uh, uh, cherry-picking. The, the Pinochet regime. Oh, please, listen. could you please inform me about Pinochet. the United States okay, involved we are in these going historical to, things? We're going to move on Ms. to... Clinton, will you denounce Joe Biden? Will you denounce Joe Biden's human rights? Not will just yelling about it. Right so, now. Frank... I so shout out to my man. You know, there, there's more. He he was not letting up. He was not letting up. And I like this kind of kickback against Hillary Clinton. We saw my man at the beginning, Alex Rosen, at I Fight for Kids on the Twitters. You saw him. And then you see my man right here at two different places, two different events. Keep that pressure on these public figures, on, on these politicians, those that are not in politics but still kind of involved in the game. Keep that pressure on them, 100%. Now, I have one more video here that I'm going to show you guys, and I'm going to get to the calls in a minute. Now, this is about um, the Robert E. Lee statue. Remember the Robert E. Lee statue? Remember that whole kerfuffle with the Unite the Right and all that kind of stuff where they were debating whether they were going to remove it, what they were going to do? So let's let's check it out here. This is on Washington Post. Now, <laughs> The Washington Post, I wonder if they're going to change the name of that newspaper because uh, Washington was a slave owner. But anyway, let's let's look at this. So. Charlottesville's Robert E. Lee statue has met its end in a 2,250 degree furnace. The divisive Confederate monument, the focus of the deadly Unite the Right rally in 2017, was secretly melted down and will become a new piece of public art. Now, what are they going to make it into? What kind of art are they going to create from this? Now, let's take a look at it right here. And there's more. It says the statues defenders are more recently sought to block the city from handling handing over lead to the Charlottesville's Black History Museum, which had proposed a plan to repurpose the metal. In a lawsuit, those plaintiffs suggested the monument should remain intact or return it to Civil War cannons. But on Saturday, the museum went ahead with its plan in secret at the small southern foundry in a town in the state. The Washington Post agreed not to name because of participants' fears of violence. So they're not even telling you where they did this at. They're just trying to, you know, but hey, you know, if you say something better about Israel, we can come to your house and put your name on the on the truck. That's totally fine. But doing something like this, uh, we, we ain't going to tell you where we did that.
So, I mean, this this very performative. Like this whole this whole thing right here showing this showing that is part of the art itself. It's performative because there's no need to like do that. Okay, if you're going if it's going to get melted down, just dump the whole thing in the vat and melt it to cut the face off and all that kind of stuff. That's just performative for the general public to witness the statue get destroyed and the face of it get destroyed. So if you did not want to actually, if you, if you were like a proponent of the statue, it was a big F you basically. So it's, it's so corny. And that whole thing was so long ago, 2017. It's now 2023, almost 2024. Somebody says Lee was against slavery. You know what? Those details don't even matter to these people. They don't care about that because all they see is their, um, all, all they see is what they want to put out there as a narrative. That's all they want to see. And they don't really care about anything else. They, and they're going to stick to their narrative regardless of the, what, of what the facts are. That is how it goes. All right. So we're going to see what the actual um, art is going to be. Probably a stick of metal that has no artistic value. But, you know, that's, that's how they do with modern art. Modern art is terrible. Um, I have a video, and then I'm going to get right to the cause. But I'm going to show you what modern art has become if I can find it. Um, if I got it, I'm going to play it. If not, I'm going to keep rocking. But if you like what you're hearing so far, please give the video a thumbs up. Like the video. Share the video. Do all that good stuff. That will help me out tremendously. All right, here we go. One last video. Then we're going to get to the calls. All right, so this is what modern art has become. Now, in case you can't see it, what's happening right here, I'm not quite sure where he's at. Some kind of a conference room with a stage or something. But he's like on the floor, and he has some kind of black beach towel type contraption on the ground. And he has this board with paint that's dripping down off the board in lines. And you have people, you got some humans on the ground, so white people on the ground wearing all black and the guy is walking over them with the paint dripping on them. Now, first of all, the paint didn't even last until the last individual on the ground. It's more paint on the front person than the back person. That's number one. But number two, that right there is your modern art. So I'm sure whatever they come up with in Charlottesville with the Robert E. Lee remains, whatever they melt it down to, is going to be on that level right there. Okay, great modern art. And if I was a hotel that they're at or wherever they are, I'm like, man, you got paint on my carpet because not all the paint landed on the beach towel. Some of the paint got right on the carpet. It's like, are you going to pay for the cleanup, sir? But anyway, that is modern art in a nutshell. Yeah, RIP to the rug, RIP to the carpet, RIP to um, art. <laughs> RIP to art. All righty. Let's keep on uh, rocking here. Let's get to some super chats. Then we're going to get to the calls. The number to call is 434-658-1220. Again, 434-658-1220. Let's go ahead and get into it. Thank you to my main man, Joe Davis Media Network. Thank you for becoming a member. Thank you to Nick Wilson, who says, 
Hey, ABL, thoughts on Biden being in cahoots with Iran being so soft, trying to buy time with the seeds of fire human aid, 100 million Palestine is Hamas, what say you? I'm not sure what your question is, but thank you for your, your super chat, man. Definitely appreciate you. Thank you to my main man, Joe Edwards Media Network, who says, ABL, I thought George W. was dead, LMAO. Also, thank you for your support, and we are still couch surfing, but catch us tonight live at 1130. Thanks. Thank you for your super chat, man. Definitely appreciate you. And stay stay in there, man. Hang in there for sure. Um, Shout out to Monique. Monique says, random question, but can we send emails with links? Yes. Send whatever you want in the email. It's totally fine. But links don't work in the chat because too many trolls try to send links, and people might click on it. But yeah, emails are totally fine. All right. So thank you for that. I appreciate you. Shout out to Monique again, who says, is it even possible to completely remove private info online? That's the worst part of doing online work. Is anyone even 100% anonymous anymore? Um, I have a service that does a pretty good job of removing stuff. Um, and it, 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 it gets pretty much everything out the way. And I had to find this service and other ways to like what I do. I have a system that I follow. Uh, So I tried to follow my system and it works pretty well. And it's not necessarily the easiest thing. Well, it's going to cost number one. So you got to pay some money. But beyond that, I mean, once you find your system, most things can be removed from online. But it is not easy to remain anonymous, and it's not free at all. It's not free. Thank you to Michael Critchlow, who says, hold on, uh, Chris Crone's viral TikTok video, the day I pulled my kids out of school has created a lot of controversy, but I think it's right. Can we discuss this? Um, can I find it right quick? Let me see if I can find it right quick. Give me a second, and then we're going to get to the calls in a moment. Um. Shout out to you guys for being here. You guys are the best audience anywhere on these interwebs. All right, so let's check it. All right, it's, it's probably right here. Chris Crone. Let's 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 watch. It was when I was at a parent-teacher conference, and the teacher was two hundred pounds overweight. And I looked at her, and I hold on. I said, "No, you're low energy." The day I pulled my kids out of school was when I was in a parent-teacher conference and the teacher was 200 pounds overweight. And I looked at her and I said, no, you're low energy, you're depressed, you're spending more time with my kid during the day probably than I am. And I'm concerned with the amount of influence that you're exerting because what you're teaching is not what's in the book. It's how you're living your life. You are not an inspiring human being. Most teachers actually are uninspired and don't like what they do. And then there's a really cool system that will keep them job protection forever. You can't get fired. So they hate it. They have one of the most important jobs and they're the worst paid. The whole system is If you were to put your kid in public school, what do you think the teacher should be paid? My teachers get a $10,000 raise every year. They're $70,000, $80,000 a year. And then I get to pick the teacher. I'm picking the coolest, most experienced, fittest. Teach me meaning, teach me fulfillment, and teach me happy. A great teacher has world experience in their 40s and 50s and still can relate really well to a child. If I had a choice between a 30-year-old and a 50-year-old, I'd take the older one. He's dreaming. He's dreaming. I mean, look, what he's saying is like a fantasy. It's a fantasy. It's like when you see somebody, I don't want to use that example I was going to use. 
but it's a fantasy because who wants to be a teacher nowadays? Because you got these bad kids with all kinds of problems. You got these legal aliens coming in that can't speak any English. They are not going to be able to get paid that much because sir, do you want to have your taxes increased? How about everybody else who may not be as rich as you are? I'm not sure who this guy is, but he's, he's living in a dream world. What you want is the perfect teacher. But if I am in my forties and I'm fit and I'm worldly and I'm so cool, why do I want to be a teacher? Why would I do that? I mean, if, if I'm, if I'm living like that, I could be making a hundred grand, 200 grand doing something else. Working for myself. Why do I want to work for this woke? You got to change the entire system because who wants to be in the system where you got drag queen story time going on, where you got these bad kids, bad parents, bad uh, infrastructure, school got roaches. Like I was in the school one time. Let me tell you about my school I went to when I was in, in the hood in Portsmouth in Virginia. Now I go down. It was a, it was an old school, by the way. The school was old. Um, it was three floors with no AC. I'm lying to you not. No AC. It's hot. Um, and then I found out later that there was no AC or heat. So you'd be in there bundled up in the wintertime. And in the summertime, you're busting in the, tea, you're busting in the, in the, in the sweat. We're on the third floor. So you know heat rises. You go down to the lunchroom. You got flying roaches on the pizza. Oh, yeah, right there in the lunch line. You're trying to get your lunch, and it's right there. And it ain't about that big. Do you want to eat or no? It's like being in prison. Who wants to be there, sir? My man, what you want is for you to be your, your child's teacher. Now, if you could do that and not spend time working, then fine. But you asking for something that is a fantasy. It would be great if you could have it, but it's not living in reality. What you should be worried about is, are your kids being brainwashed with nonsense? I mean, having the best teacher in the world is great, but come on. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> what, are we, what are we saying? I might do a video on that and really kind of expand on it. I don't want to take too much time right here. All right, so shout out to my main man, Michael Critchlow, for that particular suggestion. Thank you to Kelly K, who says, great job tonight as usual. ABL, thanks for bringing the full story. Thank you for your super chat. Definitely appreciate you. Thank you to Monique Price. Already read that one right there. Thank you to Bina for the emoji donation. Thank you to Zedotus Kane Sword, who says, Oh, you get okay. Thank you for gifting the ABO membership. So I appreciate you. Thank you to Randy Dale, who says, When you erase history, you're bound to repeat it 100 percent If you don't know what happened beforehand, you're gonna do it all over again. Because you have no knowledge of it. You didn't know that doing X would result in Y because there was no there was no prior framework for it. All right. So um, we're going to get into the calls. Shout out to you guys. And shout out to the guy, Chris Crow. And I'm going to do a video on that because that was pretty good. Because I, listen, I have experienced a lot of schools. I went to, when I was a kid, I went to three elementary schools two middle schools, two high schools. And in between that, different daycare centers, babysitters or whatever, you know, and each center had like their own little program. And then I went to college. I went to two colleges. 
So I know a little, a little bit about schools in different places and the best ones, what the best ones, what the worst ones did. And the worst ones, the worst schools, you're not going to have good teachers there. It's not going to happen. Your best bet is to make sure your kids are not being uh, assaulted by your teacher, for real, for real. But I don't want to go down that road right now, so let's get to the calls. The number to call is 434-658-1220. Again, 434-658-1220. And there's also an email in the description if you want to be right here, bottom left-hand corner of the screen, to be on the show talking about whatever's going on. All right, let's keep on rocking. So, yeah, schools, I mean, the way schools are nowadays, it's just, it's just rough. It's really rough. Calling last week at 2619. Yes. Is this ABL? Yes, it is. Yes, I was calling about um, recruiters. One of my kids went to a, I believe, a Navy recruiter, and the guy kept saying, oh, yeah, we'll take and sign you up to be a doctor. We'll train you to be a doctor and all this stuff. She kept coming home going, Mom, they're going to train me to be a doctor. I went, no, they're not. So I went down to talk to the recruiter with her, and I said, okay, she wants to be a doctor. She told you that. You're saying we will get you trained to be a doctor. I want that in writing. And then all of a sudden the story shifted to, we will get you trained to be a nurse, and if you do X, Y, Z, and you're top of the class and a whole bunch of other stuff, then we'll train you to be a doctor. Mm. Most talking to a recruiter don't know to tell them to put it in writing. Just recently my, my grandson went to talk to a recruiter for the Army, and he was promising my grandson you know, the moon, and I said, get it in writing. And as soon as he said that, the recruiter backtracked on everything. Wow. So just straight, straight up lying to try and get kids to come in and join. Just making up stuff, really. Yeah, exactly. So what can we do to get this problem fixed? Well, I'm not sure As about... Go, go ahead. Yeah. Well, they're going to have a hard time filling the slots for having uh, people in the military when they're being lied to and parents go in with them and say, nope, we want the truth. That's right. Unfortunately, a lot of kids sign up without their parents knowing. Mm. Yeah. After they're 18, they don't need their parents' permission. That's right. So they go to the high school, they promise them the moon and wait until they turn 18 and get them to sign on the dotted line. And then their government property, do what we say, go where we say, do what we say. Yep. Yep. Well, I'm glad you bring these things to the public knowledge because a lot of parents don't know to say, hey, put it in writing. We want it in writing. I love your show. I love all your content, and you have a wonderful day. Thank you for the call. Definitely appreciate you. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. All right. Great caller. Shout out to her. And shout out to you guys for being here. Um, if you guys are following the, the Tyson Fury, Francis Nagano, I know I butchered the name, and I'm sorry. Uh, 
Tyson Fury just got knocked down. Yep, just got knocked down by 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 Francis. What am I saying? Naganu, Enganu, and don't say nothing else. Don't 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 say, don't say nothing crazy. Don't don't say the N word. But let's keep on going here. Let's let's keep rocking and rolling. Five four one. You don't know how much we could do. Hey, ABL. This is Matt from Bend, Oregon. All righty, man. What's going on? Oh, just wanted to touch base, man. I always watch your guy. Well, I always watch your show and just like what you do, man. And it was funny. I, I heard you talking the other night about the homes and, and Bend, and it, it's gotten outrageous, man. I, I lived in Phoenix for a little while, and then I moved back here because this is my home. And I was in Phoenix from like 2011 to 2018. And you could have bought a home in Bend for like, you could have bought a beautiful home in Bend for under 200 grand. And now that same $200,000 house is like, 800 grand like it's just yeah just i just wanted to touch base on that man it's gotten silly out here and the rent is just ruthless bro <laughs> so like what was the cause is it the californians invading your your home is that is that the reason or is it something know, funny, else? well i got a funny story about that too because you know just being from here and you know and i worked for costco forever so you hear the story you hear these people just you just overhear them talking and it just seemed like there was an overwhelming amount of people coming, like you said, for coming from California. What they were doing is they were selling their really expensive homes and they were coming up here and buying that beautiful $200,000 home, sometimes two. And then they have all this cash in their pockets to just blow. And then four or five, six years of that crap, bam, you got expensive houses in the house that you were showing. <laughs> That's on the west side of Ben. So it's kind of the ritzy, it's closer to the mountains. Because the farther east you get, the more high desert it is. The more to the west, it's all mountains. So it's just absolutely beautiful here. Um, but that home is probably an eighth of an acre, and it's probably like two thousand square feet. Ah, so, wow. yeah, dude, it's crazy. Dumb. Yeah, it's getting out of hand, bro. Definitely, man. Well, thank you for your call. I definitely appreciate you. Absolutely, dude. Yeah, I just wanted to touch base because I don't know how many people from here would actually call in. So I figured you get a kick out of that, man. I really enjoy the. I really enjoy your program. So I'll uh, I'll give you a, I'll give you a little shout again one of these days, bro. I appreciate you. Thank Have you, a good man. night, man. Same to you. Bye. All right. Yeah, that's crazy. California's man. It's like a virus. I said it before. If you live in California or you are in California, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about your your liberal colleagues that didn't fled the state and spread it their liberal virus all over the place. I'm talking about them. That's the problem. Let's keep on rocking here. And the number to call four three four six five eight one two two zero eight six five. You're online. Who am I speaking to? Hey, you're speaking to Laurie back in the hills, ABL. I saw an interesting thing on the the YouTube's uh, the other day. It was. Uh, a little thing about Chattanooga, one of the burbs in Chattanooga, uh, one of the teachers was a substitute, and she was um, one of those pink-haired people, and they had taken her picture in August, and uh, she was wearing some kind of a really weird outfit. And come to find out, they did like a, the, the police did a sting operation on her, and like I said, come to find out, she wound up being a prostitute, and her husband was a trans, a trans man. So that was a big, big hairy deal. I didn't know if you had heard about that or not. Yeah, I did a video on it actually because I, I heard about that 
I, I saw the first um, picture a while back, and they thought it was a transgender person. But really, it was a woman who had a, a, a mastectomy. So this woman was just kind of, like, confused about who she wanted to be. And then the the husband is really a woman, I think. It, it's, it's really just kind of crazy. And they were, they were, they were I don't know. I saw a beard or something. Yeah, you, saw, you saw a beard for sure. And they had access to small children. And not only small kids, but special needs kids. So this is really right. crazy. A crazy story. Yeah, and the staffing company, it, you know, it's like they couldn't see what she was. They had no idea. Yeah, it's like, come on. Like, it's pretty obvious what's going on. Like, they said that the uh, staffing company had spoken to her, but didn't right. really see her problem with what was going on. It's like, I, I see the issue right in front of me. I mean, you have a, a, a confused woman, doesn't know what's going on, and then the, 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 the husband, the wife, whatever, got a beard, and at the same time wearing a dress. It's a, it's a mess. It's a mess, yep, yep, definitely. So it looks like maybe one of the kids had taken the picture, probably showed it to Mama. Yeah. Mama saw it, and Mama said, oh, hell no. <laughs> exactly. Because uh, we don't play that game here in Tennessee, especially right. not in the, the Chattanooga area. That's right. All right, Bill. I just thought I'd bring that up. I didn't know if you had seen it or not or, or knew about it, but I should have known better. <laughs> right on. All right, well, th- thanks for talking. Thanks for the call. Appreciate you. Bye-bye. Yes, wow. That's, that's how you know that YouTube wants to, like, not show all my videos because I, I literally did a video about that. Now, if you watch my show and you didn't see my video on it, you got to ask yourself, how did that happen? It's weird. But that's why I try to be everywhere, all over the place, have the website, and do other things. Let's keep on rocking. Let's go to 631. You don't know who I'm speaking to. Hi, ABL. This is Anne from Long Island, New York. Uh, nightmare. And <laughs> I mean, can you? I I know you didn't touch base on this uh, subject, but what did you think about the Palestinians in Manhattan feeling like they had the right to take over Grand Se- Grand Central Station? Yeah, I didn't really see. I am outraged. You don't even know. I thought I was having a breakdown. That nobody did anything except arrest 200 of them. There were thousands. Mm. I I can't stand living. I don't know where to move because every state is taken up by some other horror story. It's like, where do you go today? And it costs $10,000 to move. So I don't know what to do anymore. I mean, is, is this country ever going to get better? I mean, I, I mean, can't really I, call it like... President like, Trump was here now. It's out of control. They actually think they have rights here, these illegal aliens. Why do they think that? I, I would seriously want to know. Because if it was American citizens that took over Grand Central Station and protested like that, we would all be in jail. Not 200. All of us. <laughs> I mean, we have no rights anymore. I'm just, like, losing my mind in New York because it's crazy. It makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, I mean, an illegal alien ran, crashed into my car with the Mercedes Sprinter van. 
Mm. No driver's license, couldn't speak English, could nothing. Okay? I have, I have very bad injuries from that accident. But luckily, the Sprinter van was a business. So, okay, they're going to get sued. They are sued. But that guy got out of the truck and started yelling at me. I was the one that was injured. Who are you? I said, shut up. I was so mad. I was just so mad because they don't have driver's license. They don't know where they're going. And they don't know how to drive, quite frankly, in New York anyway. And if that sounds racist to anybody, I mean, I'm sorry, but it's not. I'm the last person to be a racist. Right I, this whole thing makes no sense to me. This this is an invasion in our country. We come last. Americans come last in New York, anyway. I would think everywhere, too. But... Um, any big city that's a Democrat state or a sanctuary city, you are come going last if you're an American. So, I mean, I don't know if you saw that. Did you watch that clip? I've not really seen it. I heard about it, but I've not, I've not, I've not seen the clip. The Palestinians in New York. Yeah, I've not seen <laughs> the clip. Took over Grand Central Station and all over the streets. I mean, people don't even want to be cops anymore or join the military. I wouldn't want to. I would never want to deal with this because their hands are tied and it's a waste of time. You know, the ones they arrest, they let right out. Go ahead, go do it again. So I, I just had to talk about that. And did you did touch on a um a topic about modern art. <laughs> I think the same exact way you do about modern art. I go I went to the Museum of Modern Art in Manhattan. Literally there was a whole wall painted black, okay? And in the right hand corner there was a white dot. I said, What is that? I mean, I'm very deep into art, but that is like, what is that? That deserves to be in the Museum of Modern Art. It's just, I feel like I'm having, uh, <laughs> I mean, I love New York. I always did. I was born and raised, never lived anywhere else. But now it's to a point where you have to run for your life here, literally. The hospitals are full, people walking around with diseases from everywhere. You have, literally have to move, and it costs a fortune to move somewhere else. How does somebody do that when they're a single person? Yeah, it's I mean, pretty, is there any, any help? I, I, it's, it's pretty rough, but thank you for your call. I definitely appreciate you. Okay, thank you. Thank All you. Right, I love you. I right, love you. your show. Thank you. Appreciate you. Watching you for years. Bye bye. Thank you. All right. Shout out to the caller. Shout out to you guys for being here. The number to call is 434-658-1220. And there's also an email in the description. If you want to get in through Skype, you can be right here. Bottom left hand corner of the screen. It is all good. Let's keep on rocking and rolling. 
And I appreciate y'all. You guys are the best audience anywhere on these internets. 860, you're on the line. Who am I speaking to? Hey, it's uh, FNA Ranger Xbox, brother. How you doing? It's all good, man. What's going on? Oh, great show. Uh, I just want to, uh, would like to point out a few things, if I may. All righty. Okay, remember when Nancy Pelosi was standing there proudly as the Speaker of the House with the anointed one, Obama, as the president, and they had that stack of papers that was Obamacare, and she proudly said, we have to pass the bill to find out what's uh, in the bill. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. Remember that? Yeah. That's where they put all this transgender affirming care in for children and stuff way back then. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you follow me? Yeah. And then uh, just recently, you know, uh, it's come out that, uh, and you said it before, before he was elected, that Obama's actually closet gay, which I don't care what he does. It's none of my business. But still, being deceitful. Yeah, That's very, very much another. So. And about these mass shooters, I have a friend. He was a nurse's aide in a prison, and he's retired. And he's not the kind of nurse's aide that, like, cleans up bedpans and stuff. He's the kind of nurse maid that holds you down while you're, the nurse gives you the injection or whatever treatment they have to give you. But he was also a Navy, Navy uh, medic attached to the Marine Corps. Uh, and he retired from the prison. But see, when he looks at criminal cases, which as a state worker in the prison system, he had access to. So he looked at all these mass shooters. And he says, and, and he was just telling me this this afternoon. We, I had to cut the conversation short. And I will find out more. But he said there's three specific drugs that every single one of these mass shooters, because they always have mental issues, they're always on the radar, and they're always being treated. And they treat them with the exact same three drugs, and I promise you, ABL, I will get the name of those drugs. Because he, he was going to tell me, I said, look, I, I got to go, <laughs> buddy, I got to go. But uh, anyway, uh, that's all I got for tonight. Uh, God bless you, ABL. My God, <laughs> what a ride, huh? Oh, I know what it was. Did you hear on Waters World where the FBI and the CIA are blackmailing our politicians? That's how, how the uh, FBI got a brand new headquarters building. <laughs> That's what I'll close with, ABL. Thank you for uh, your call. God bless you, ABL. Take care. I know. Yeah, I've not heard about that, actually. I need to go check that out. But that's no surprise. I mean, there's so much, like I say, federal government, so corrupt. Anything like that that I hear, I'm not surprised at all. That's pretty much par for the course, unfortunately. 973, you don't know how much speaker to. Hey, ABL. Good evening. How are you? I'm doing well. About yourself? I'm doing good. Are you hearing me clearly? I hear you well. Perfect. So listen, you, oh my gosh. You said something earlier. You think you made a video, either it was earlier today or it was yesterday. I don't remember. But I was watching it. 
And you said something that is so true. Once you start opening the door to one thing, ABL, you start opening the door to other things. You mentioned the point, right? You mentioned the point how they opened the door to gay marriage. So now it's normal to do other things, right? This is normal. That is normal. We got to accept this and accept that. I was watching a video. Candace Owens did a video, right? And she was making such a powerful point on how America, I guess, society today, we are so laxed when it comes to people with mental health issues, right? America is so, uh, America is so like lax when it comes to that. Why? Because there have been cases where people have had mental health issues and they have been released within a week, released within two weeks, 30 days, and they're still sick. There have been reports of people who have reported people who had mental health issues, right? I know of a st- Candace Owens was saying how she had a stalker. Abel, I don't know if you heard um, of it, but she had a stalker some years ago, and it got so bad to the point where she had to have the police involved. This stalker, he was, he was sending her 100 emails a day saying, oh, my gosh, you and I are going to be together. You know, anything that she would tweet, he said, oh, it was some type of code that Candace was using towards him. I mean, this guy was a psycho. Candace said it got so bad she had to have the cops involved. And when she told the cops, ABL, you know what the cops said? What's that? The cops said, the cops said, oh, no, I'm sorry. There's nothing we can really do because he has mental health issues. Mm. When I saw that video, ABL, I swear I got goosebumps. Because if that's what the cops told her, What kind of protection do we really have? And this is why some people believe in having the license to carry. Because if those people who are designed to protect can no longer protect, what does that leave us to do? It's a great question. What does that, you know, what does that leave us to do? Here's my final point. My issue, too, is this. Since we have been opening the door to everything that, oh, this is okay, that is okay, they tried it before where they tried to open the door to pedophilia. We should be soft towards men who are in love with underage children. We should be soft towards people who want to have relationships with underage girls. They tried to push it, ABL, but they got pushback, right? They got pushback. I remember people were coming out and saying, no, this is wrong. This is wrong. And my point of this call is to tell you, ABL, when you said once you open the door to one thing, everything else eventually is going to become normalized. And it is so I'm not too sure where this world is heading. I have an idea. I'm not so sure it's headed in a good direction. Seriously. And that's just what I wanted to point out to you today. You nailed it with that video. And I'm saying, oh, my gosh, you open the door to one, everything else is going to be normal. God bless you, ABL. I always support you. And keep on going, okay? 
Thank you for your call. Definitely appreciate you. All right, honey. Bye-bye. Right on. Great call. Yeah, I mean, she she understands where I'm coming from. When you when you start to just, and that, that's a plan. You know, these people that want to do certain things that are really crazy, they understand how they got to go about it. They got to ease it. They can't just go straight to, okay, we can get married to a cat, a rock, a frog, or a dog. Let's start first with, oh, let's just have a same-sex marriage. It's okay. Love, love who you want to love. Then they're going to go downhill from there. They're going to take just small steps. Drag queen story time. You got K through 12 kids being shown basically pornography in their, in their, in their, in their classrooms and their libraries. So then when they grow up, they're going to be more open-minded to just whatever's going on. See, that's how they do. Let's keep on going. Okay, sorry, caller. I think you already called one time before. One call per night, please. All right, but shout out to you guys for being here. You guys are the best audience anywhere on these internets. If you like what you're hearing so far, please give the video a thumbs up. Let's keep on rocking. 209, you don't know how much we could do. Yeah, and this is Noah out of Hollister, California. I was just calling because you were talking about the um, the, the heckler that was getting on to Hillary Clinton. And, you know, um, I, I think with that situation, she might be more of the exception, but not the rule when it comes to heckling speaker. You know, I watch um, you and I, I, I see a lot of other podcasters and sometimes they become public speakers, whether it's, um, you know, uh, uh, um, who I'm thinking of, Knowles or like, you know, Dave Rubin, Shapiro, you know, I see um, a few of the gentlemen that would go to colleges and speak, whether it's a, um, you know, who, who am I thinking of, Charlie Kirk. But, you know, so, you know, when it's people are public speaking, you know, I, I sometimes I'm like, okay, I see a bunch of hecklers that would interrupt that. And so I'm not sure I would really entice that type of behavior. But my, my question is, um, when it comes to like, you know, people like Hillary with, with, with our situation in the world right now, would we, you know, would that be more the exception, but not the rule? Would you say to that question? What's the question? Like, you know, Hillary Clinton, you know, that, that gentleman that was heckling her when she was uh, public speaking uh, at that uh, conference. And that gentleman was bugging her about um, Biden's speech. I mean, I, I got that um, part. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, but like, what's the actual question you want to ask me? The question is, when it comes to like, you know, people that are public speaking, do we do we consider that? And, and we're we're heckling them. Would we consider that like the exception or the rule with Hillary Clinton? Okay, so basically, because so, so I, I, I got you, I got you. So basically, the question is, okay, normally. Heckling is bad, but then Hillary Clinton is okay because who she is. Now, the thing about it is Hillary Clinton is part of the D.C. establishment, although she's not in politics currently. She's part of the game. She can make things happen. It's just like when somebody's in the office, it's the same thing as questioning them and what they have going on. If they have power to change your life and that power to enact policy and do certain things, I don't really see a problem necessarily, especially when they've demonstrably done things that can really impact your life. Now, if I'm coming to speak at an event 
I don't have the same kind of influence or power or anything like that that a Hillary Clinton would have. And I respect people's rights to have a difference of opinion, freedom of speech or whatever. So I'm not necessarily totally against it. Now, when you start to get unruly and carrying on, it's different. But a Hillary Clinton, a person with that much power and cachet in Washington, D.C., I think it is different. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think that that's more of the uh, the exception, definitely, with the with the state of affairs in the world right now and what they're pushing and how much influence they have over in Washington, D.C. So, yeah, no, that, 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 that's my only question. Okay, hey, thank you for your time. You have a good night. Thank you for the call. Definitely appreciate you. All right, bye-bye. Hey, shout out to the caller. Yeah, it's a good question. Very good question. All right, now I have somebody that's, one of you guys has called already earlier tonight, but only have one call per night. So if you if you got on earlier tonight and I talked to you, it's only one call per night. So try next time I got you. All right. Let's keep on rocking here. And the number to call is 434-658-1220-408. You're on the line. Who am I speaking to? Hi, this is Melina. Um, how are you doing tonight? Oh, well, how about yourself? I'm doing okay. I took a ban on YouTube earlier today. It was your video about the Oregon schools. Um, first ever YouTube ban in like 17 years. And it was because I was trying to put um, information about a whistleblower, um, school whistleblower, and excuse me, terribly nervous. Her name is Charlotte Ezerbeet, spelled I-S-E-R-B-Y-T. And she has a website called uh, deliberatedumbingdown.com. I tried to put that in the comments and it failed. Finally, my last comment was like, quit censoring me or something. And then I got the pop-up saying, you're banned for 24 hours. I'm like, what happened? Anyways, but I just wanted you and everybody to know that the dumbing down in the school system has been going on for a lot longer than anyone realizes. Longer than you and I have been alive. Most people that are listening now have been alive. And I just think that it's really important that people are aware of what Charlotte Easterbeet has found on her website. Again, it's deliberatedumbingdown.com. You'll find three eBooks. One is called Deliberate Dumbing Down of America, and the other one's called Soviets in the Classroom. Both of them are really important, and I just I highly recommend them. That's all I wanted to say tonight. <laughs> well, thank you for your call. I definitely appreciate you. Thank you. Right. Yeah, that's that's really strange. I've never heard about a 24 hour ban. That's I've never heard of that. Just so we're clear, I did not do that. That's YouTube being. Uh, well, first, there's two things. Number one, I don't allow links in the comment section. So automatically, all links get blocked. It doesn't matter what you post. You cannot post links in the comment section. You cannot post links in the live chat. It just won't work because what will happen is you have bots and trolls that will put links that will lead you to a harmful website. And you can't really tell all the time what's what. I, I tell you guys all the time about the, the trolls that come in. The trolls will come in with no links. They'll say, hey, text this number, and it's ABL selling you some life insurance or cryptocurrency, and it's not that. So if I had links, they will just put a link right there and tell you to click that. And if you're not really paying attention, you can click that link, then that can affect your computer. That could be a bad thing. So I don't allow links. So you're not being censored. It's just a matter of a safety measure on my end for you guys, really. 
But as far as a 24-hour ban, that's news to me. I've never seen that before. So I don't know how that really works. That's something that YouTube has going on. 614, we don't know who must speak it to. Hello. Hi. My name's Stella. I'm calling from Canberra in Australia. And I just wanted to say I absolutely love your show. And I just can't believe all the craziness that's going on right now. Over in your country, they're really flipping the switch in regards to the guns. Uh, I think they're going to pull a lot of heaviness with trying to take the guns off you guys just like they did here. Incredible how the game is exactly the same. They get a mass shooting, okay? Uh, uh, Bryant, okay, the guy in uh, Tasmania that did that. I personally know a person that, that knew him and knew his ex-girlfriend and things like that. Unbelievable. Uh, total fraud. Total fraud, the whole lot. Um, and they're pulling the same shit your way. It's quite amazing. I'm mind is blown. And now they're trying to pull your guns. So it's very sad to see. And all I can say is don't fall for it. And that's it. That's um, that's what I've got to say about that. And just uh, all the best of luck with everything. Um, our governments are quite shocking. But at least everybody's opened their eyes. Uh, you know, I think the normies are really going, what's going on here? And um, it's quite amazing how much they hate us. So I just wanted to really say that. Um, and the school system, nobody's trusted uh, over here for a very long time. And I think you guys have pretty much been on par with that. But, um, yeah, from across the oceans, you know, I just wanted to say hi. Well, thank you for your call. I definitely appreciate you. Thank you. We're thinking of you. Bye. Right on. Yeah, that's definitely a thing they did over there in Australia with the, um, the gun confiscation. Same thing. Oh, well, you know, there's, there's mass shootings going on. You guys are going to be in danger, all this, that, and the third. And that's just a way for them to take your rights away, to take your ability to protect yourself away. And then when that's gone, the door is open to other things potentially happening to you. It's a problem. So, yeah, shout out to the Australian. Shout out to Australia. Uh, hey, you, you guys hang in there and, and land down under. Now, how is it? It's like the, the seasons are flipped, right? So we're getting into fall, so they're probably going into spring. They're probably leaving winter, going into spring, and we're leaving. We've left summer, and we are officially in fall. Been in fall for a month, so they're probably a month in the spring. So shout out to the Australians. All right? And if you like what you're hearing so far, please give the video a thumbs up. Like the video. Share the video. Do all that good stuff. That'll help me out tremendously. Oh, yeah. And Australia down during C-19, it was crazy. So I, saw, I saw some of those videos. It was looking like China down there. China is like a lot of influence on Australia because it's not that far away. It's like right up the way. It's, it's a whole lot happening. All right, let's go to 912. You don't lie. Who am I speaking to? Hey, what's going on, ABL? It's Joe Davis Media Network, buddy. All right, man. What's going on? Nothing, man. Uh, first and foremost, want to say a very great show again tonight. Uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, I want to talk about the Robert Card uh, suspect. Uh, first of all, rest in peace to the families that uh, had to experience that type of tragedy. You know what I'm saying? That That is so um, heart 
you know, it's heart wrenching, you know, to know that these people's lives are going to be changed forever. Uh, I feel like that this man, even though I, what he did was wrong and not making excuses for him, but I feel like the military and everyone around him failed him to get out of control like this because it was reported that he went to a mental health facility, you know, two weeks, uh, I mean, early in the summertime or around the summertime this year for two weeks, right? So my thing is, and I see this happens with a lot of veterans that have mental health problems, that people think that they can just give them some medicine, pat them on the back, and send them on their merrily way. And what happens is, is that that's the wrong answer. And that's how we have tragedies like this happening in our country. Because it's not a gun problem. It's not a, a um, how can I put this? It's not a gun problem. It's not a uh, type of weapon that we got to stop manufacturing. It is a people problem. And the people problem is, is that a lot of these people that do this type of crime is not getting the proper treatment like they're supposed to. I think that mental health has became out of focus, especially for veterans for a very long time. And I'm speaking out of experiences, me being a veteran that has mental health. You know, I have to harp on the VA just to get the adequate help I needed. And that's just and I'm at 50% disability. So imagine someone with schizophrenia, hearing voices and all that, and they can't really function correctly. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And what I think that should be lawmakers, you know, a lot of these lawmakers keep saying, well, we, you know, we pro America. We love America so much since our police officers hands are tied because of this situation. Why won't they step up and get real medical professionals that are good at the mental health uh, system that cares about mental health to prevent these tragedies? Because until someone gets real and focused on this, it's going to get worse. It really is. Yes. I'm, I mean, that's just um, straight facts. And um, moving along with Chicago, I don't feel sorry for a uh, Chicago situation, uh, ABL. They voted for this mess, okay? They wanted to be a sanctuary city. They screamed out loud of New York that they were going to take these immigrants in and they were going to take care of them, right? Well, guess what? Now, this is what you guys get. All these communities that's upset because these guys get nine grand and getting to get all these nice houses and vouchers and stuff and living in the um, Chicago O'Hara Airport, living it up. This is what you voted for. Yeah. You voted for this. So you can't get mad at city council. You put these people in this position. You wanted to be woke. You was a part of the summer of love with George Floyd. You said that Trump was bad for building a border. So now here you go. This is what happens when you got open borders. Embrace it. You might as well get used to living on the outskirts because these guys are going to be set up for life. And you know what else is hilarious about it? They bring in as much crime as we already generating in the U.S. Times two. 
That's facts. I mean, look at the fentanyl problem. It has gone up all around the country because of these guys. And ain't no one they can blame but themselves. That's why when I hear it, I'm not trying to be heartless, but it's comical to me because they had every chance to stop this. We tried to tell them. Everyone tried to tell them this is what's going to happen. And um, my final thing about the uh, candidates dropping out the races right now on the conservative side, uh, they already knew that they didn't have a chance, ABL. I think a lot of them, especially Pence and, and some of these uh, other ones that that starting to drop out, they only did it for show. I mean, Trump is the man. I mean, this is what it is. He has proven himself. We don't have to question who he is. We know who he is, and we knew how our economy was before he left. So that in itself is a testament of who he is. We might not agree with everything he does. He might not be all nice and huggy when he tells you the truth, but that's what we need, you know? He's just like that father that used to be a drill sergeant that's just going to tell you like it is, whether you like it or not. The tone ain't going to be loving. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So that's what we need, man. And uh, once again, man, shout out uh, to you for uh, helping me in everything. Uh, I want to tell you, thank you for sharing my links. Um, me and my family is almost at our goal. Uh, we're doing a show t- um, tonight, but if anybody uh, wants to continue to check it on, on Go See and Go, only thing they got to do is go to the link and look up Davis Fam, and we're almost there at the goal. So I want to tell you, thank you for sharing the stuff, man. I really appreciate you, along with Jericho, for donating as well. I love you guys, man, and hopefully when I get through this, I'll be 10 times stronger. Right on, man. Well, we, um, we, we're definitely rooting for you. We're praying for you. And thank you for your call as always, man. Definitely appreciate you. Thank you, bro. And I appreciate you too, man. Keep killing them, bro. Will do. All right. Bye. All right. So shout out to my main man, Joel Davis, Media Network. You guys want to support him. You guys want to follow him. Y'all know where to go. Go over to his YouTube page, Joel Davis Media Network. All right, is Kite Caller who am I speaking to? Kite Caller, you there, boss? Oh, hi, Abiel. It's Danny. How you doing, mate? It's all good, man. What's happening? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Thanks for taking my call. Oh, I'll try to be as quick as possible, mate. Um, yeah, I just wanted to ask, um, do you know about the the um, the school massacre uh, in the UK that happened in 1996? Um, no, I don't. Yeah, so I just wanted to quickly just just um, tell you about that because I know there was obviously you're talking about the the massacre recently, uh, and um, so it happened in a school in 1996 in a place in in a place called Dunblane. Uh, I think it was in uh, actually I think it was in Scotland, um, and uh, so basically, pretty much what happened is uh, a guy called Thomas Ham- Hamilton. He uh, drove into the school parking lot uh, in the morning one day and uh, he cut the, the cables on a telephone pole mm. outside the school. He, he then entered the school carrying four handguns and 743 rounds of ammunition and wearing shooting earmuffs. So that in itself really doesn't... I mean, I, I agree with you that the majority of school shooters, 
you know, and people do these mass shootings have have just mentally snapped, so probably on loads of medication, and you know, have serious mental health issues because you know normal people just don't do that. But the fact that he cuts a telephone pole outside the school, and he's also wearing shooting earmuffs, to me, I, I know that's doesn't that sound a bit odd, or is that? I mean, it sounds like somebody that went through a lot of trouble to plan their attack. You know, that's a lot of times these guys will do stuff like this. Just like, just like the guy here, the guy that just did this in um in Maine. He had, he had a note with his uh his password to his phone and all kind of stuff. And then he went to the boat dock and they found him by the river. Like these guys, a lot of times when they sometimes when they go and do things like this, they have a, they may have a mental break, but they still are cognizant, they still are aware of what they're doing enough to plan it out. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, yeah, I just thought um, that was a bit odd. And um, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess, in, you know, in those situations, I guess um, they, they still, I guess, have to uh, plan, I guess, what they're going to do, even as they don't. Yeah. Yeah. But um, what I was going to say is the reason why I mentioned that is because I think after that incident in Dunblane is, that kind of led to all, you know, the UK pretty much, um, I think if I'm mistaken, like pretty much banning guns and, you know, being extremely strict on on having getting a license for a gun. And they used that one incident. And I'm pretty sure that was the only time um, that something like that happened. And they used that one, in, that one incident to then just do a blanket ban and remove everyone's rights to own firearms. And Obviously, just like that, that caller from Australia, how it kind of happened over there. And obviously, they've been trying to do that in the US for, for ages now, ain't they? Every time something happens, they try to use it as an excuse to take your right, your gun rights away, right? Every time. Absolutely. Yeah. And I just, I just, the only thing I, I can say to you guys is just please do not become like the UK and like Australia, man. Like, you're like our last hope. Like, I mean, yeah. I don't, I'm not, I don't mean to laugh, but it's, it's, it's not a joke. I mean, every single time, uh, these things happen they, they they use it as an excuse to try and do it and uh f for me it's that's why i feel like people should have guns so for when situations like that happen you've got something on you to to actually take out the threat and to take out the evil that's present and to protect the innocent people around you i mean it's just it's just common sense man but again these democrats and uh they're just uh, they're just evil evil and evil people man and uh I guess all I can say is just please keep fighting, man. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know what else to say really, Abiel, but thanks for going to take my call and uh, great show and shout out to the chat. And I appreciate everything, mate. Thank you. Thank you for the call, man. Definitely appreciate you. All right. Take care, mate. Thanks. Bye. 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 All right. Great call. Great call as always. 773, you don't lie. Who am I speaking to? ABL, it's uh, your retired Chicago police officer friend. Uh, thanks for taking the extra time to get to my call, ABL. You know, uh, the one thing about the pilot uh, that we were talking about, he said he was depressed for three years. And my question is, was he on any kind of psychotropic drugs? Mm. And you know, I've said this before, ABL, those drugs are very dangerous. Otherwise, they wouldn't say that it may give you suicidal thoughts. And if it gives you suicidal thoughts, see your doctor and all that. Uh, well, suicidal thoughts and homicidal thoughts are very closely linked. So who knows the reason? It may have not been the mushrooms or it may have been the mushrooms interacting with the psychotropic drugs, just like alcohol does. 
So I'm wondering about that, if he was on any kind of psychotropic drugs. Of course, the drug companies would never take blame for that. They would say, well, he took, uh, you know, he, you know, drank alcohol, which you're not, which you're not supposed to do with these drugs, or you took mushrooms, which you're not supposed to do with these drugs. So they have an out that it's not their drug that caused him to try to, uh, you know, down that plane. Um, and then my other point that I wanted to make ABL is about, um, you know, if I may educate, uh, if I can, some of the younger people that might not know it. First of all, I, I'm a baby boomer. I'm at the, uh, the the back end of the baby boom generation. So, you know, I'm much uh, older than a lot of people in here. Um, we have to remember that the way we got involved in Vietnam, and it's in, it's an important point. The French were fighting in Vietnam, and they left Vietnam in defeat. Then what happened was we didn't want, you know, there was the domino theory of communism and all that. So we didn't want uh, to have Vietnam go to the communists because Russia was supporting North Vietnam, and, you know, we were on South Vietnam's side. And... We had advisors in Vietnam. We gave money to arm the Vietnamese in the very beginning. There was talk that John F. Kennedy, uh, uh, not Junior, John F. Kennedy, uh, the president, was going to ease out of Vietnam. But then he was assassinated. And when Johnson became president, Johnson escalated the Vietnam War. He put our troops in Vietnam. He thought, you know, we're a mighty uh, military force and uh, we're going to defeat Vietnam very quickly. But that didn't happen. It was so disastrous that Johnson, who could easily been reelected as president, unbeknownst to the people around him, he said he would not run for uh, reelection. Even if they nominated him, they would not he would not run for reelection. Then Nixon took over. Nixon escalated the war. And obviously, we know what happened with the Vietnam War. Uh, we, we had to get out of there. The same thing in Afghanistan, ABL. In Afghanistan, the Russians were fighting in Afghanistan. They left because it was an impossible thing. We were giving advisors to the Taliban to fight against Russia. This was a whole proxy war against Russia. And Russia left Afghanistan. Then we, they, the people of Afghanistan says, we don't want you, the Americans here either. And we started fighting Afghanistan. We were fighting the people that we were advising in the, in the first place. The same thing has happened in the Ukraine. We are giving money and advising the Ukraine before you know, we'll be in a war with Russia. The same thing with the Israelis, we give money. They're telling you what they're going to do. They, you saw that one guy on your video, ABO, saying that, that you know, if we have to put troops on the ground, he's, they're already telling you that that's where this is going. Troops on the ground, Americans fighting because it, it's a proxy war with Israel against Palestine. 
you know, we're getting involved in all these, these foreign wars and this is not the way to go. Can't we learn from history? That's why I mentioned Vietnam and Afghanistan and all these other places, because you could see where this is going. If you leave it to the Democrats, this is where this is going to go. That's why you need somebody that won't put up with this. We are not going to fall into this trap. And right now, the Democrats and us, we're falling into that trap, ABL. And it's a very dangerous game we're playing. They don't realize that their policies, the effects it has on on our society and our economy, it's the same thing in, in, with the, you know, the, uh, on, a, on a domestic level. They don't understand that when you say we're a sanctuary city, come on, you know, we'll take you. They don't realize the millions that are coming. It's not, you know, we'll take these 500 people. We're going to support them. It's not 500 people. It's 5 million people. It's as many as you can get. This, this is, we have to change our course here. And hopefully we'll be able to do it with our votes to get somebody in there that can understand that we need to take care of America. We need to change our, uh, change the course that our country is going to. Anyway, ABL, thanks for uh, giving me a chance to uh, tell you all those things. And I appreciate uh, you taking my call. And I'll talk to you later. Thank you for the call. Definitely appreciate you. Thanks, ABL. All right. So great call. Great way to end it. That will be a wrap for me tonight. I will see you guys again live on Wednesday. Same bat time, same bat channel from 8 p.m. Eastern to right around right now, 11 p.m. Eastern. And I'm here pretty much every day putting out pre-recorded content. If you're not subscribed to the channel, I don't know what you're doing. Go ahead and subscribe to the channel right now. Also, this is a podcast you're listening to right now. And the link for the podcast will be in the description. This particular episode will be available tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Time. And you can see all the other episodes or hear them at least on your audio streaming platform of choice. Uh, Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Google Podcasts, like if you're in your car, you can shout to your Google device and say, play ABO Podcast. It'll play the most recent one first. All righty, so that will be a wrap for me. Uh, Super Chats on deck, do I have those? I think I might have a couple here. And thank you guys again for the Super Chat and then for, for watching, for retweeting, Super Chat, whatever you're doing, I appreciate you. Could not do the show without you. Shout out to the mods for keeping the trolls in check. And again, thank y'all for being here. Couldn't I do the show without you? All righty. Thank you to, um, I think I got everybody, really. Let me see. Shout out to, I read that one from Randy Dale Franklin about when you erase history, you bounce and repeat it. Thank you to Slenderella Charming for the thank you emoji with the, um, with the little character doing the bow. Shout out to April Hudson for the thumbs up emoji donation. Thank you to Lancelot who says, thank you for all your hard work, ABL. And I appreciate you for that. And shout out to you for the other $1 Super Chat. So I really, really appreciate you. So I think that will be a wrap for me. I'll be back live again on Wednesday. But I'm here every day putting out pre-recorded content. Visit the social media profiles, the Facebook, the Instagram, the Twitter, all that good. I'm on TikTok as well. They forced me. I'm on there a little bit. And also go to the website. That's the most important thing, anthonybelogan.com. And that'll be a wrap. So until next time, y'all be safe. I'm out. And peace.